Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 23rd episode of the Neon Crew Podcast. My name is Kyle. McLean here. <laughs> You're uh, very enthused. <laughs> I am. No, I am. I, I'm, I just hit the thing, the mic, and trying to make sure I'm all settled so I don't make noises. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to do that sometimes, you know? It's a difficult thing. Um, so, McLean. Yeah. Um, yep. We, we need to talk about Ezra. Oh, God because did he's, he do it again he's like he's become like a menace to society dude this guy. no way he did it again well it, there's like a, always a bunch of stuff so like i i just looked up ezra miller like just the name ezra miller right and on the google news tab the latest thing that popped up was an hour ago that says ezra miller bizarrely offers to knock out retail worker in resurface tiktok video and i, I saw that well resurface yeah it's like an older video but like Obviously, people are paying more attention to it because of all the wacky shit he's doing, but I guess, and I, I like, kind of watched the video. I didn't watch it with sound on it. It had captions, but it's basically, like, this person who's a fan, and they're, like, taking a selfie video, and Ezra's just, like, right, right there over their shoulder, and the person's, like... Hey, it's so cool that you're right here, Ezra Miller. I'm a huge fan. And then Ezra Miller just basically says, like, how about I knock you out? Wow. And it's 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 really weird. It's so bizarre. Like, this guy clearly has some issues because he's, like, reportedly, like, I guess, holding this family in a house with, like, guns. And, like, there's, like, a photo of, like, a he's baby with that? a bullet bullet in their mouth. Yeah. it's It's some wacky shit. Really? Like he's he's causing havoc over in in he's causing Hawaii. Havoc. That's a gently what way of describing that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's this is all in Hawaii. Uh, when did that? T- ah, the I, I heard saw about the, the two the two bar fights he got into. He had the one. So yeah, that was like then, one of the first things I think. And, and then, then he had another one that, w- that happened probably about four months ago. Yeah, something. There was something that happened a long time ago. It was like a couple years ago where like he's interacting with like a fan in I think like Sweden or Switzerland or mm-hmm. something. And there's like a video of him like they're both like I think clearly drunk and yeah. then he like pushes them down or something or like hits them and they like get knocked down on their ass or whatever and then the video just cuts and people were like, "Oh, were they just playing or was he like actually being a violent asshole?" And apparently he's just Oh yeah, no. He's no. just a violent asshole. The one I read about was him in Hawaii at a bar that he got into a bar fight at like two a.m. or whatever. Because I, I I wrote off the flash as soon as I heard that. Well, yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. Is like, I, I guess DC they already made the movie and they've already sunk this much money into it. They're just gonna <laughs> it's have anything to anything re- like Cat in the Hat. They'll <laughs> go through with it. Yeah, they'll just release it and then hope that people. Uh, just aren't on the internet as much as they are yes. you know um because it's like hard to ignore how much of a douchebag this guy's being 100 percent. i can't believe this this is well i mean it's hollywood so like every single story that i'm scrolling through about ezra miller is just problematic like warner hey, warner brothers calls it quits with ezra miller's the flash flash star ezra miller oh, hit f- with temporary yeah. protection order by family of 12 year old Ezra Miller housing three children and their mother in unsafe conditions in Vermont. Like it's what? Yeah, housing. Uh, yeah, that was like one of the things that I read online was that he's like housing people in like these uh, like basically in squalor. That's like the same instance where like a 
photo of like a baby with a bullet in their mouth surfaced i guess like i haven't seen the picture so i can't verify but like there it, it was like news all over reddit and all over the internet wow mm-hmm. so he, he's going away uh, he's not gonna be <laughs> he's not gonna be in any movies yeah uh, uh, maybe ever to, we need to talk about kevin <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'll be a, a behind the scenes documentary about like oh we should have seen it coming you know? well i was gonna say maybe maybe all the stuff happened after that movie <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> he he's just too deep into character. He's yeah. like Jared Leto. He's lost a, himself. It's yeah, not like he's a method actor. <laughs> he's just been method acting Kevin this whole time, except he doesn't realize that the movie's no, been he, out since two thousand seven. He really is. He's Inception, and he's like Maude and in Inception. Mm. Remember when she goes in and they come out and she for oh maybe I shouldn't for anyone that hasn't we're not gonna do it. No, no spoilers for Inception. Yeah, but I kind of know what it. you're talking about. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I need to rewatch that movie. I've only seen it <laughs> once. Um, yeah. So that's that's the Ezra Miller news lately. I feel like we had to touch that's on it a insane. little bit. That's insane. I didn't know about Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I don't Well, it's 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 definitely noteworthy too because of the fact that Warner Brothers dropped Johnny Depp because of the allegations that Amber Heard made, which of course we know is like kind of the reverse. You know, she was she was way more violent to him than he was towards her. Right. And obviously they're both not perfect. You know, they're both celebrity assholes. <laughs> both but humans. <laughs> I'm only here, <human. laughs> Um, But it is a juxtaposition that needs to be pointed out because they dropped Johnny Depp basically at the drop of a hat. And it took them a long time to admit that they weren't going to work with Ezra Miller anymore. Well, I mean, you're also looking at they're they're looking at the, the fruit that is the flash mm-hmm. you know like we've only got a little taste of it and they're seeing you know what's going on with disney over there like i bet you that too they probably had two more movies lined up a, a series with them in it you know oh, merchandising yeah. and then you're talking about all the knockoff stuff with the with the cartoons and now all of a sudden i mean you, they're gonna have to rebrand the flash well but, they were banking uh, on the fact that this flash movie was gonna like fix the dceu and now they think that that movie was going to do it. Yeah, because I think what they were going to do was they're going to do like a reverse Flash storyline or something, where he like goes back in time and changes a bunch of shit that happened in the previous movies. So then like everything's basically retconned. So then they could just start over. But now the character that they're using to do that is weren't we just talking <laughs> super about idiot problematic. fucking like producers doing idiot <laughs> producing things not too long ago? I mean, I feel like that's almost every episode. But yes. <laughs> Yes, we were. <laughs> so many wrong decisions that just get made. Yeah, that would, Sony, Warner Brothers, you name them. They get paid a lot of money to sit in a room and make a decision. That that sounds like someone got baked off an edible and like literally just walked in the next room and was like, hey, don't you think the Flash could just spin the world backwards like Superman did in Superman 3 and we'll fix all of our problems that, with yeah. the DC Universe so far? It's like, you know what, Larry? That's not too bad. <laughs> Yeah, not too bad at all. Hey, let's let's call up Ezra see what he's up to. Yeah. Uh, it says he's in Hawaii. I'll I'll get in touch with him later. <laughs> you remember? Th- have you seen Anchorman? Uh, long time ago. I barely remember. There is a scene where the the guy gets off the phone and uh, Veronica Corningstone walks in and he goes, "No, no, no! I I got it! I got it! Thank you very much!" And she's like, 
Is this a good time to talk? He goes, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. I, uh, our youngest uh, apparently took this new drug called uh, acid and was shooting burning arrows into a crowd. <laughs> I feel like that's like a producer talking about Ezra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him at this point to do something like that. Well, hey, in all, in all seriousness, too, like if you're, uh, you know, Ezra, if you're listening and you're going through some mental stuff, you know, maybe take a break. Seek some help. Mental disorders are kind of like a serious thing, and this sounds like uh, maybe you know something that a, a bit above our heads. So yeah, he needs to he needs to get some help. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. Like, that's I like trying he, to make it clear that like obviously I don't want him like assaulted or dead or anything. No, I it's great. Like if you the way you're reading it, it sounds like he's purchasing really like shitty homes and housing people in them for his enjoyment. Yeah, like it's like rats. Like he's I, I, like taking people, and he's like, "Oh, hey, like I'm gonna put you in this den." Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of context that needs to be pieced together, but obviously, with like the trend of what's going on with them, it's clear that he has some issues. What if what if DCU? What if this is them like doing something? Like what if they take it's all as, publicity stunt? Oh my god! Like they just <laughs> and all of a sudden this comes out, and this is like huge news, and then like he turns into the next messiah. Mm. and they that's how they that's how that's i gotta see the flash now yeah yeah (laughs) god damn it they did it to me i gotta see it just for the controversy (laughs) um so uh yeah we can we can be done talking about that speaking of crazy people jurassic world dominion oh we both yeah we both watched that (laughs) we did how Um, exciting yes uh so I saw this pretty recently yesterday. Yeah, I've seen it twice. Can you believe that? How did you see it twice? Uh, one time and uh, and then the other. Wow, I I saw it at the uh, Sam Sam, you know, f- fellow fellow host of the pod. Uh, well, guest host, guest host. But yeah, recommended that I go to the Phoenix Theater to watch it. Ah. and uh, yeah, first time that I went there, you know, off his recommendation, he said it was delightful, and it was. Um, and I, I, I got done with that film after watching it at the Phoenix. I was like, I'm not sure where I stand with that. I was like that, the writing, you know, but my experience was really cool. And I, you know, I just, I was sitting there teetering like, all right, like, I don't know if I'm falling like really shitty or really fun, like fun and adventurous. Right. Mm. And then I saw it at the drive-in and boy, did that sway me. <laughs> yeah. When you take away all the like nice luxury and comforts yeah. of a nice movie theater, then you really get to see a movie for what it is. Yes. A hundred percent. Uh, so I guess I can summarize. Yeah. This. You do this one. Cause I'll do, I'll do my fucking, you'll do your, your, your boy. Um, so this is the third installment of the Jurassic World series, the sixth installment of the Jurassic Park series, and is directed by Colin Trevorrow, stars Chris Pratt, Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard. I almost mm-hmm. said Dallas Buyers Club, <laughs> unironically. Um, it brings back Sam Neill, uh, Laura Dern. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, yep. And... Oh. and uh, the Asian guy, <laughs> him, and I didn't know this, and this will be a drop, I guess. But um, Campbell, Campbell, so um, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> no, do you remember in the first one? Um, um, I don't really. Have you seen? Have you seen Jurassic Park? Right? I yeah, I've seen all the movies. It's been a long time since I've seen the first one, so I don't remember too much. Campbell Scott plays Lewis Dodgson. 
and this one. Okay. Louis Dachshund was in the first one. He's the one that Nedry met up with to give him the Barbasol can with all the enzymes in it. Oh, okay. That's how unrecognizable he was. I did the same thing looking at trivia So was today. he the main villain? Yeah. He's oh, the guy. really? Yeah, which I thought it was very funny because in the first one he plays like this, like uh, as uh, you know, a friend calls him a jobber. Uh huh. And then all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. in this one he's like, "I'm reinventing medicine." Yeah, he's like, he's basically Tim Cook from Apple. Yeah, exactly. Like, and just and it, it, I thought I after I heard that I was like, "Wow!" Like I can't believe I didn't come up with that. And then I really thought about. It, I was like. No, I guess I did. he must have put in 25 years with whatever fucking company he was with, Biogenesis or whatever it Biasin. was. Biasin. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if that was it. I'm guessing they probably tied it back into the first one that it was called Biasin. I, I don't know. I, I I didn't recognize the name at all. I thought it was just like a made-up company for this specific I, film. I did, too. I did, too. So but they, maybe they, I'm wrong. They tried to tie a lot back in. Well, the, the, the Dodgson guys, Louis Dodgson's is he was in the first one. Okay. So Nedry, Nedry goes, Dodson, we got Dodson. <laughs> and so that's the guy. Yeah. You know, and they, anyways. Anyways, um, so this takes place um, after the first, like the second one, of course. Cool. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it sees Chris Pratt and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard being like pseudo parents to this clone girl that they rescued from the second movie. And of course, like the world is trying to live with the fact that dinosaurs are in the wild now they're like part of the earth and they're like roaming really cool concept to expand on right <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> yeah i almost feel like you're being facetious jesus no 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 and so yeah something happens to where they're the daughter basically gets kidnapped and also blew from the previous two films. Her daughter gets kidnapped, you know, blew the dinosaur. <laughs> well, I don't need to know what you do in your personal time. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so Chris Pratt has to go in rescue mode and Bryce Dallas Howard goes with him. And then from there they like converge with Sam Neill, Laura Dern, uh, Jeff Goldblum and their mission to, uh, figure out what kind of sedacious acts Biosyn is up to, where they are headed by like this CD CEO that I guess is in the first movie with uh, Wayne Knight with Newman from Seinfeld. Yeah, he's like the guy in the pink shirt. Um, so this film was basically like is super predictable, right? Like I, I I feel like I could predict like almost everything that was gonna happen in this movie. Like it felt really cookie cutter and You don't say. I don't know if I was expecting anything different, but man, they really did not try to branch out of the typical formula for this film. Um it, this has a feel from Falling King. I mean, it's been they've gone downhill. I mean, really, the first the, the you know what happened, and I was I was complaining about this after I saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. The first two movies are based on the book by Michael Crichton. He wrote Jurassic Park and he wrote The Lost World of Jurassic Park. The Lost World of Jurassic Park actually encompasses, you know, in the movie format, the second and third film. They just broke up that book. Mm. and gave the kid his own storyline to make the third film. All right, so you had content 
and a lot of um, kind of higher concepts going on between you know cloning. Where do we stand with commercialism? You know what what's right and what's wrong. You know playing guy. All the big things that Crichton usually talks about in his stuff. Yep. When it comes to um, evolution, you know, and where we at stand at. Um, the third one just took that kid's storyline and just made the third film out of it, right? Mm-hmm. That's when it went to shit. That's when it all fucking went to shit. That's when they started sucking. Just awful. Well, yeah, because, like, after a certain point, like, how much do you have to offer in terms of, like, new ideas with this type of storyline? The first two, so rich. The first one was, the first one was, you know, cloning and commercialism and, what, what you know, where do you stand at, where does it end? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're taking two very heavy things. Well, I should say one with the cloning and, di- but dinosaurs coming back, you know, and hey, we're gonna sell it. We're gonna you know wrap it up like Goldblum says. And we're gonna ship it out. And we're gonna get it to your eyes. And we're gonna get it content. You know, and it's just money, money, money. But you never stop to think if what you're doing was right or wrong. Right? That's huge. Mm-hmm. The second one is animal rights. It's their property. Are they animals or are they property? We cloned them. We came up with the technology to create them. Is it is it a creature or is that you know a piece of intellectual property or an asset, if you will, right? Mm. Kind of like a zoo. Like if a tiger got loose from a zoo, is it an animal or you know, hey, that we bought that tiger, we own that tiger, you know? So you're looking at property rights. Kind of like Blade Runner, but with dinos a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they're kind of they they didn't obey uh, the laws of, of robotics, also. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. The third one you get into, there's nothing there. It's 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 a pretty point A to point B. We got to rescue a kid. It's a rest, and that that's where it goes to shit. So I mean, like there, you didn't come up with any unique ideas, and mm-hmm. now I think what they understood was, oh, we're gonna tailor this to the, our target audience is gonna be the kids that that grasped onto this and their kids, mm-hmm. and it's gone from soft to softer to softest. Well, yeah, like you said, it feels like there's like a regression of the ideas that they're presenting. So, like you said, the first two films at least offer those sort of concepts in a unique and interesting way. Yeah. You get to the third one, like you said, point A to point B. And then the first Jurassic World comes out, and it feels like it's just a movie that's made for people who want to see CGI dinosaurs fight each other. That's, I mean, that's and why like I people want getting, to it. Yeah, people getting eaten. So, it's... From the get-go, these Jurassic World films are just kind of built off of a sense of nostalgia and cash grab, pretty oh, much. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. I mean, all the all so the that. heart behind it is not really there to begin with. So it shouldn't be too surprising when the third film out of this franchise is so like formulaic and cookie cutter and predictable and trash. Yeah, it, I it's it, it felt like nothing mattered. It felt like there weren't any stakes. Mostly because of how like predictable it was and like how corny the dialogue is and just it didn't feel like anything had weight. It wasn't shot in an interesting way. Nothing. There's a couple cool scenes. I mean, it's not, but not not with the budget they had. This movie to me is like on the same caliber as the Transformers films. Oh, 100 percent. This this was trash. The writing was trash. None of the characters very good. The head, the 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 villain sucked. Mm-hmm. I never even. I was like, oh, this is just some really nerdy guy. And like he doesn't even come off as domineering. Right. Like the whole time I was thinking they just really got Tim Cook to be the villain in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. CEO I was thinking of Steve, Apple. I was thinking Steve Jobs. Like, but it's the same guy. Yeah. It's the same. Like, oh, I'm a little too smart for everyone's good. 
you know i know i see things into the future i'm able to and they just suck the personality out of those guys and everyone thinks that like this gray blank face is like a new villain and it's not it's just someone that not very personable give me fassbender put fassbender into that role i yeah uh, i mean who knows if he would have agreed to that though but Maybe. I don't know. No, he won enough. I mean, this is all trash. This is <laughs> your fucking, your Pratt thing when you just go out. He's like, just another, like, 40-year-old white guy. I was like, I watched this again at the driving because we had talked about it, and I, I was, like, watching him. I was like, my God, he's right. I, I know because he, he just plays it so safe. And it really, like you said, like, before we started recording this, I think it was, like, last time we recorded was he just doesn't look like he cares in this film none like he, of them he, I, I mean, it doesn't feel like he's putting forth any effort to like bring passion to his character or like put forth effort to like bring a performance to it like it, it just feels like he's getting another paycheck I, I i literally watch this and then they they steal the girl and and he comes running back and he runs into the house and bryce Dallas house doesn't know what's going on and he's like he's like mallory and she's like what he goes they got her. No, oh, like and, Maisie. Yeah, Maisie. And I was like, "That's it. That's the." And I was trying to like in my head, like, "All right, someone stole press." And like, what would I? How would I be? Like, I'd be. They in that got house. Maisie. I would be like, "Grab your fuck!" Like, let's. You know. Yeah, you'd be a little more passionate than. Uh, they got her. <laughs> they got Maisie. Like he's like tiptoeing around, like, "Hey, they found us." <laughs> And I was like, I don't even know what that is that he just did. Like, like you got your hand caught in the cookie jar. Like, you know, oh, my God. Just all of them sucked. So, Well, not all of them. I will say that. Not all of them. It felt like this film didn't, like, it it wanted to be all the different settings of the previous Jurassic Park films. Mm -hmm. So, you've got, like, the science lab that they're in. Yep. You've got the, I guess, weird... Uh, where did they go to? Like Malta or something? Like Morocco? Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Some weird. So yeah, some like hot, like desert city or something. It reminded me of Gemini Man a little bit. Yeah, that bike scene. Yeah, with the that, raptor. Well, that that reminded me between that and like the rooftop chase scene between oh, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard and the dinosaur. It reminded me a lot of like a Bourne film. Weirdly enough, yeah, I was about to say, what was I like? I was thinking actually a little James Bond. Like, there's, I know there's a Bond one where he's that too. It's like yeah. the beginning of, I think, uh, Casino Royale or something. Sure. Yeah, you know. Um, but it had that setting, and then it had like the forest, like jungle setting that mm-hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard drops into, and then of course you've got like the, you know, woods like cabin in the woods, like oh people are stalking Chris Pratt and they're like kidnapping them. And it's like this sort of backwoods, like kidnapping story all of a sudden. Like, yeah, I I feel like they tried to like introduce and like call back to like those things that the previous films used in terms of like a setting as sort of like, Hey, remember when the movies were like set in the jungle? Hey, remember when this film was like set in the lab or whatever? Like, I don't know. It felt like it was trying to call back to like the first film in a way that just a felt really bit. forced. Some of it, I think, I mean, I agree. It, some of it was, it never, it just, it's very hard with this one. I don't, mm-hmm. the Morocco one, I like, I don't get that one at all. Like in my head, I'm literally just thinking, I was like, probably Chris Pratt like, if I'm going to sign on to the third one, we're doing it somewhere where I want a vacation. I think they you wanted, know? they probably wanted a scene that involved like 
the black market and like people doing like cockfighting right. except with dinosaurs. But that's why I don't get like you could do a black market anywhere. Like the I don't know where black market's at, so I don't necessarily think of that area. I just think of nothing. So if you went into like you could go into a, like a speakeasy at a bar in New York and just have it sweep around and open. Like I'd be like, oh okay. Like mm-hmm. I, there's no yeah. Yeah, it felt like they were trying to do that specific one maybe with the second Jurassic World when they're like, like in the mansion and they're like doing the weird auction shit with like all the rich people. See, like I was cool with that one, like even though it's just a shitty, just <laughs> shit. But you know, like I was still cool with that because it's like, oh, like I bet you. I don't know where those things happen at. So you could do it anywhere. So at a mansion in the basement of this mm. billionaire, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm bored with that stuff. So I don't, that's what I'm saying. Like you didn't have to do it in, in that. They might've wanted to have like the Raptors chasing them with the, you know, maybe where it's easier to film. Like if you blocked off the streets, like motorcycles going through, mm. or maybe they own right. Like, because so many movies have been shot there, you know? Because yeah. I think Gemini Man for sure. When that thing jumped over its head, every time I thought of Gemini Man when he was on that bike running from himself, <laughs> I thought of that too. Remember when they like the bike goes over his head and like they do the shot, you know, mm-hmm. stupid shit. By the way, how how stupid was that? Like, don't talk to anyone here. It's like oh, you're American. Oh yeah, immediately just talks to somebody and and doesn't even do like I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just lost. My girl's lost. Like immediately takes any sort of mystery out of the black market yeah like any sort of like you shouldn't be here this is a bad place to be and make it like it's okay i i got you you can say whatever you want go on your way like yeah please help me find my daughter and and she's like she tells her where she can go and it's like why'd you help us she's like you know what like i just saw a little bit of me and you yeah, and I was she's like, like, I'm not going to be a bad person anymore. Yeah. I could have helped your daughter when I saw her go towards the limousine, but I didn't. I made eye contact with her, and we kind of had a moment. And, and now I, I'm guilty. Yeah. So now I'm going to be a supporting character in this film. Oh, easy, right? They just needed a character with a plane and like a like a badass like female like fighter pilot character. I mean, she was kind of cool, but like I didn't... There was only one, well, two people I liked in this film. Other than that, like, they were all just. Was the other one Jeff Goldblum? Yes. <laughs> and he <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, he doesn't, like, he mailed it in, but I think he did it more. And, like, uh, I'm going to be, like, really outrageous in this because this is ludicrous. Yeah. You know? So that, but it makes it fun because he actually was still personable. Like, he's like kind of, like, doing, like, uh, fuck you guys for having me in this yeah but actually i don't know because it made him a lot of money well he's like i'm jeff goldblum and people love me yeah so if i'm just myself in this film who gives a shit yeah people are gonna like me anyway and yeah. he's right <laughs> oh absolutely 100 percent. when he took the spear yeah and lit it on fire i was like badass yeah. they had great one-liners mm-hmm. you know like, like are you he just pointed out the reason why I liked him so much too is he pointed out a lot of what the writing um, was doing. So some of the time, you know, when you call yourself out, you mm-hmm. know, like you kind of have a little bit more respect. At one point, he's like, "Are you talking to that dinosaur? Or like, you promised a dinosaur you were going to save their child." Yeah, and you like, made a promise to a dinosaur. Yeah, and Pratt's like, "Yeah, like whatever." And I was like, "I kind of I appreciate that for like, hey, we're kind of going to be silly and outlandish with this." But, yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. But I don't think I'm the target for it. No, well, it doesn't help too that like everybody else around him is like so serious and like just the situation's so like dire. And even though like it's so cookie cutter, it's 
Yeah, well, I mean, like you say, serious, but it never felt serious. Like I don't think for once, like I, I think they were trying to be serious, but it just didn't. <laughs> oh, oh god, it, it didn't yeah. translate. It's my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like they were fumbling through the plot of this film. Like almost anything that happened in this movie felt like it was just on accident well, or like circumstantial. Let's uh, let's think about this. We have dinosaurs in the world. We've recreated them. They're they're they've hit the black markets. They're obviously dangerous. They're running with horses. We can film anywhere we want because we've got this giant ass budget. Hey Jim, what should we do? What do you want to make? Uh, what's the plot point? How about we make giant fucking bugs that are just going to eat the world up? Yeah, and we can't control them. Love it. That's so. Ch- Let's it, make this really about fighting, you know, corporate America. It's yeah. It's so cheap how they, <laughs> how they like market this movie as like, oh, we're gonna explore the implications of dinosaurs in the world yes. populated by humans, like modern society. Yes. Like, how are we gonna adapt, or how are we like, gonna figure this out? It, it's teased at the end of the second movie, mm-hmm. and it's marketed that way for the marketing of this film, and it's like introduced as that at the beginning of this movie. Yes. Like it shows newsreel footage of like dinosaur incidents happening around the world yeah and then chris pratt's fucking you know rodeoing doing you know cowboy shit with them yeah and then it it just like cuts to chris pratt and bryce dallas howard in the woods with their daughter and then basically ignores like the whole outside world and then just you know carries along with that plot and then like the last like minute of the movie it's like oh it looks like we'll have to learn to get along with the dinosaurs and grow together. Yeah. It's like, you didn't touch on this at all during the fucking runtime of the movie, other than the very beginning and, and the, the very end. Yeah. I'm tell- I wanted to find out on the way back, because I was trying to do some research, because I just had like an ash and pack weekend. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to know how many rewrites were done with this thing. Like, Or did they just hand it to someone and were like, whatever you write, we'll shoot. Didn't uh, it wasn't Colin Trevorrow that wrote it? I thought him and then a chick that helped him out. I think Emily I read, Carmichael and Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, I think Carmichael wrote Pacific Rim, or uh, was on it. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Pacific Rim Uprising. Uprising. So not even the good Pacific Rim. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not even the one people like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it was just if. Yeah, how do you blow it? Hey, let's get. We're gonna get. We're gonna get the nostalgia back. We're gonna link everyone up. We can get. You know, we got CGI up our asses. We can get dinosaurs fighting in zoos with bears. What do you want to do? What about the plague? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like. I mean, we're we're getting around. You know, revolutionary times here. What if we get biblical Our, with it? Yeah, revelation. Like, we have the swarm of locusts, but they're the size of a football, and the devil controls them. Yeah. The devil is Tim Cook from Apple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I—that's another thing that really annoyed me. Was like, oh, so we're we're saying everything that he's doing is wrong, and like this is evil and greedy. Yet what you're fucking doing to me isn't. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a quote from the movie that was kind of ironic. It was the. Um, the it was like systematic problems or something like with okay. corporations or whatever yeah it was like towards the end of the movie when they're like giving the interview with the reporter oh yeah 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 a little on the nose with like what ramsey was saying or yeah yeah ramsey was talking to, like to the news person or whatever and he's like it's just systematic issues throughout the entire company and i'm like well i could say the same thing about warner brothers <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> 
I wonder if that lady was like Carmichael, like getting in like little jabs here and there. Like you get Goldblum and Ramsey. Those I'm are the two you get to write. Paycheck. <laughs> take that. Take that Warner Brothers. So, uh, so I, yeah, I, at the second time I watched this, I was like, this will be a good uh, barometer for like how I felt after watching it at the Phoenix, the lovely Phoenix theater, mm. you know, and yeah. the rose colored glasses, man, they were knocked off. The second you drove so, up. Well, as soon as he goes, Maisie, they got her. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I cannot. <laughs> I just can't deal with Pratt right now. You he's, know? he's definitely like phoning it in. 100%. Like, 100%. like it's not even they did and It's the, not like he can't act. He clearly has done so in Guardians and, he, and Parks and Rec. Like he, he has talent. He just, well, he's so famous now to where like he doesn't even need to try with these like big franchise movies the characters are giving him don't require depth no i mean you there's no backstory if you think about his backstory from fallen world like jurassic world the very beginning they don't even get into what he did he just trains animals like i don't even know why he's a badass hunter like all he did was train them Mm -hmm. it's not like he captured the velociraptor (laughs) yeah it's not like he wrangled him up himself with his bare hands yeah or maybe he did they're just like listen we're gonna have him train these things but let's get a guy that's got a six-pack a cut-off jacket you know and have him have a gun with a scope on it Mm. and let people assume what he can do because they're not gonna question it and we really didn't after the first one but then you get to this one and i was thinking i was like the fuck is he doing? I didn't even know that they cared about this girl. And now all of a sudden, like, it's her daughter. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, I had <laughs> I had a point, but I, I don't remember what it was. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, What did you think of the, I guess, the special effects in this movie? Not bad. Some of them were, like, okay. I felt like there was a couple instances where, like, it was pretty obvious. Like, I feel like when... When they first kidnap Blue Blue's daughter Beta or oh, whatever, yeah. and she's like trying to climb up the hill after they like knock her down, that was that didn't look good. No, like at all. Um, and then like towards the end, when of course like they have the the T Rex fight the evil T Rex, basically, like they did in the first Jurassic World. Um, it's a thing. It, it's <laughs> it, that didn't look too good either, and that in itself was also making me roll my eyes because it just feels like this movie was copying the first film like dude it copies they're just they're well the first jurassic world i knew it was a money so the jurassic world came out and it was kind of like money grab like they did a lot of like they did a lot of like uh um product placement mm-hmm. you know a yeah. lot of that and it was like well i'll give it a pass even I mean, you got a budget this high a lot of new dinosaurs all the you know there's a lot of cgi involved you got to do what you got to do then after Fallen Kingdom, I was like, this is just fucking shit. Just <laughs> just a money grab left and right. You know? I mean, like, so the CGI, I didn't have that big of an issue with it. But, yeah, no, the, that. There were some instances where it didn't look great. But I guess, like, going back to, like, my gripes with, like, the plot and how it just feels like conveniences and circumstances that happen. Like, the, they the one of the instances that happened in this film were, like, Tim Cook, I'm just going to call him Tim Cook. For yeah, yeah my no, own you're sake. good. You're good. You're T- good. Tim Cook goes and he's like, all right, shut it down. And they like start burning all the locusts. And then, like, for some reason, the thing just malfunctions and they all fly out of the ceiling. Yep. And now they're like all over the forest and the forest is burning down. Like, 
like that is the reason that that happens that the forest burns down like it feels just so inconsequential and uninteresting like i feel like if it was like an like something like one of the main characters being careless with like a flamethrower or something and they like burn the forest down like that would be more believable what chaos theory is i mean that's (laughs) it that's you can't control all the no you know uncontrollables Mm. and that would be a great one instead of locusts that no one even gives a shit about anyways that you have no idea is gonna be this giant Honestly, when the locust first came on, were you like, "Oh, this is gonna be like, you know, plot A"? I knew, I knew it was gonna tie back into Biosyn, and that they were gonna be like, "Oh, they're not eating Biosyn well, crops." Let's, yeah. And of course, like, Laura Dern, Laura Dern comes on screen, and she's like, "They're not eating Biosyn crops." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, no shit." <laughs> oh, we're going here with this. Yeah. Like you know, so I don't. And they have like it would have been a lot cooler. They have all these chances to where like they can show off like the implications of like the dinosaurs in the world like we're talking about and they just focus on the locusts. They were kind of close when we were in Morocco. A little bit. But as soon as you get to that island, it's over. Yeah. Like they didn't, if they could have stayed out of that thing, that would have been great. I remember what I was going to touch on. Get them. So they brought back Chris Pratt's black friend from the first Jurassic World film. Right. He's like he's like the partner in like wrangling up the Velociraptors. Yeah. yeah. So he comes back, he's in the Morocco scene. He's basically their access into the black market because he's got like a team that's gonna go in and bust the bad guys for what they're doing. Like trading these illegal dinosaurs or whatever. And that also just happens to be like the same people that kidnapped Maisie and Beta. Coincidence? Mm? I think not. (laughs) So he's introduced in that scene. And he's like throughout basically the entire instance that they're in Morocco. Yeah. And he's like, you're under arrest. So like the lady in the white shirt or whatever. Like the, yeah, like the lady with the laser pointer Mm -hmm. that sticks the dinosaurs on people. And then you never, you never see him again. That's well, that, never touched on. They just they got rid. He, he did just, his job. He was, just did his job, and it's wrapped up. Like I don't know. It felt like we got the bad guys. Yeah, got got the bad guys. <laughs> what do you? What more do you want? <laughs> like she's just arrested, and then like the guy who's like under her gets like both of his hands bitten off and his face chewed in front of Chris Pratt. Like it's not part of the heroes. We're not following that story. I guess you, not. You're you're come on, Kyle. You're, come on. <laughs> Come on, you're asking way too. I should know better. I was fucking more <laughs> after in, three movies. I should know. Literally better. more intrigued with Kush Pratt wrangling the the Elvis looking dinosaur than I was anything else that happened after that. Mm-hmm. I was also like, all right, this guy's got this thing with like a, a yeah, it kind of pissed me off. He's got the rope and the dinosaur around that log, and like he's like holding it, and I'm like, what are we doing? Elvis looking dinosaur? Yeah, that well, thing. That thing's probably like five tons. Was it played by Austin Butler? <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, I will. Jeez, I, I side tangent real quick. Woke up. Um, I don't know Wednesday morning or it might have been Saturday morning after seeing this scathing review on Elvis from mm. like you know this news outlet. And I was yeah. like, oh man, Elvis is not going to be doing too hot, right? Hop on to Imdba. It's like at a seven point eight, rotten, hundred percent. I'm like, I don't know what's going on nowadays. I'm yeah. I'll probably see it just out of pure curiosity. But yeah, it's Boswell. I, I was I thought that trailer was really funny because it's Tom Hanks's voice oh, playing that character and it starts it starts with him going, 
some say that I might be the villain of this here story. Uh, yeah. And I'm just like, God. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a villain to my ears what, right now. What is this caricature of a performance? <laughs> I don't. He, I and think then you see a, him all, like, all decked out in that like John Goodman makeup. And it's like, why didn't they just get John Goodman to play him? Couldn't, because he didn't want to do the German accent. <laughs> John Goodman also has a better voice than Tom Hanks, in oh, my 100%. opinion. Oh, Wow. Like America's he's, dad, you're about to get slapped by someone. I Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Sorry. Shout out if you're listening. You're great in Castaway. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, Wilson know was better. Yeah. <laughs> Wilson, Wilson outperformed him. Um, Biggest snub of the year, supporting actor in a movie. Couldn't believe they didn't even just nominate a volleyball. Couldn't, like, couldn't even throw him a bone. Dude, well, they, they should have, though. That would have been fun. <laughs> Academy would have looked a lot cooler, kind of like this film, if they would have got dinosaurs in the real fucking world. More people would have watched it, I think. But, you know, can't always have what we want. I hope this thing bombs. So uh, we can uh, look up the. I have it right here. It's actually doing pretty well. Of course it is, because you got idiots like me that see it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking more. What are we watching this thing? Well, the nice thing was Black Phone was on it right after it, so I got to watch Black Phone. I think I'm going to see that soon. How was How was Black oh, Phone? I'm not going to do. I mean, or, it, it I could guess, be something that we. Mm, little, maybe next little episode. Juice, little juice. Little teaser. Um. So. But yeah, we, I took Preston to see it, and uh, I mean, it was kind of like worst part is the film's going on, and it's like, oh, dinosaurs! Like he's five, he'll love it. Oh no! And I told him like we, I told him I, I was gonna, I wanted to take him to see Top Gun because I thought that'd be a fun one too. I know where this is going. Oh, dude, he just he's sitting there, he's kind of watching it, which is not a great sign for the film. And uh, he turns around, he goes, "Dad, what's that?" And I'm like, "What?" And like I turn around, we're both looking, and it's you know, fucking Tom Cruise. <laughs> And that's, you know, his face, cheekbones. It's showing him going, you know, fucking 10, whatever. And he's going, you uh-huh. know, breaking the noise barrier. And yeah. He's like, what's that? And I was like, oh, that's Top Gun. He said, you were going to take me to see that. Why aren't we watching that right now? And I was like, kid. Like, it's yeah. dinosaurs. And like, You'll love on, it. Like, Chris Pratt's on a horse, and he's, like, doing the lasso thing. And I'm like, look. And he just, he's like, uh-huh. And he turns around, and he goes, that's Top Gun. You said we were going to see that. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like, okay. And then after, I think he passed out 25 minutes into it. And I was like, you know what? He's probably he's probably the most right about all of us on this. Uh, we did take, Justin went with us too. So, you know. Time to, uh, uh, new next special guest is uh, Preston Parker. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to hear some of his, like. I'd love to hear takes. his opinions. Oh. Yeah, his takes on movies that no you've idea. taken him to. Oh, I could I said if we would have went to Top Gun, he would have saw the dinosaurs and been like, "What's that? Those yeah. dinosaurs? Why I are we seeing the, that?" Yeah, it was just no winning. So, uh, no, but we saw Justin. I mean, I'm curious because now Justin went, and I didn't really, I didn't get a chance to get Justin's opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I really think that this would this movie would be like a um, almost like a candy bar, like probably like a little sweet, little too filling. You know, really just, regrettable after you're done with it. All sugar. <laughs> yeah, just you just. It's, it's a bowl of sugar. <laughs> oh my god! Just you, you're like, man, you're just going through it, and then you. I mean, it seriously, would be like taking a donut and just filling it with like. It'd be like eating, like one of those donuts. It's the just jelly donuts. Frosting. It's just a, a tub of frosting. With it's like not the, even like your favorite frosting either. It's like. I was about strawberry, like yeah, strawberry frosting strawberry or something. Frosting. You're like. Like you're eating it, and you're like, not bad, not great. Just I'm just eating it, and then you get done with it, and you're just like farting and just like, man, it's like, like why I did really I do don't that? feel good. I need to take an antacid now. <laughs> Jesus. 
So, uh, yeah, this film had a budget of $185 million, which is pretty standard, seems like. Sure. Um, box office right now is $831.3 million. God damn it, people. So it's probably going to hit a billion eventually. You know why? You know, yeah. So, But it's been out since June 10th, so it's had a long time to sort of get this sort of number. Like a, like a month? Yeah, but... In terms of like the first movie, it's definitely like not as lucrative, but it's still oh, that's like it's like comparing a gold bar to three fourths of a gold bar, you know. <laughs> I'm not even no this movie. I just understand why people get mad with where we're at now in the world. Like you watch this thing, and then you watch the Northman, and you're like, oh, that movie right there is gonna make. St- 17 times as much as that one yep like you just see it and you're like how like if you took someone that was just like hey like uh, exactly the marketing also i think for the northman was kind of like it, it dropped the ball a little bit like so this one this one fucking are you kidding me dropped the ball i thought we were yeah. gonna be wrestling dinosaurs in new york city <laughs> like i was ready for like chris pratt to jump out of the empire state building with a parachute and land on something and stab it right yeah i, I this film also has the the i guess f- like favoritism what's the word i'm looking for no i mean it's, it's got the benefit of having like the two other movies before it's it. probably like what uh the 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 um the fucking sith one oh revenge of the sith or yeah the six you know like those movies Episode were all three yeah all bad and then you get to that one and it's just it's probably the worst out of all three but because it wraps everything up at that time you know, it's like, oh, cool! Like, let's let's do it. Do you think that they're going to make more of of Jurassic oh, 100%. World movies, like, dude? This thing's gonna gross a billion. What that ninety year old guy that probably has already too much money that had that can't write that just nods to say yes will tell him to make a seventh one in six years. Well, not him, but his probably eighty year old son, in the seventy. So this right here on Wikipedia says Jurassic World Dominion concludes the second film trilogy and the storyline that began in the original trilogy. Although Marshall has not ruled out the possibility of future films. In January 2022, he said, we're going to sit down and we're going to see what the future is. Oh, we're going to sit down and see what the future is? They're like, hey, if this thing gets over $800 million, like maybe we should make the seventh. I can't wait to see Blue. A Jurassic World story. Oh, my God, dude. I can't take this shit. <laughs> like, I just... Can't. How'd you get your name Blue? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The best is, like, that thing fucking... They get back. I even told... I told yeah, my friend, I was like... I didn't have a problem with them dropping off the dinosaur. And it knowing to come and grab it. And then they kind of <laughs> do the look, and it takes off. But, no, just in case you were wondering, did she really know? Let's have her come back she and comes give back a head and like, nod. Gives, yeah, it gives, like, a little little wink and a little to yeah. Chris Pratt and then leaves again. And he's like, God, <laughs> fuck. So stupid. My best friend is a velociraptor. And I'm not, if you like this film, you know, we're not talking down yeah i think there are entertaining aspects and i'm telling you the first time i saw it in the right conditions i was like the script was really bad but i had so much fun you know sitting i I will say i don't know as if i could say i was bored i was just really in awe of like how dumb it was it's bad that's that's pretty (laughs) that's like the highest compliment i can give it that and uh jeff goldblum probably he was awesome dude like he he I think the the best line that I remember 
is when they're doing the they're trying to get the security code, which it was a callback to the third one when like the anyways, you know, and he's like trying to do this. He goes, uh, oh, let's try 1984. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny. Some of his like, you know, Tim talking about the dog, you yeah. know, like trying to like you think you're you can they're animals. They're it's they've got three modes, mm-hmm. you know, so. He had, I mean, he had some good quips, and he was funny. And the other guy, Ramsey, I really liked Ramsey. Ramsey Cole. He wasn't bad. He I mean, wasn't it, bad. It's kind of like, what are you gonna? Like, you well, can't really fault him. They really didn't do much with him. Like he's just kind of like the. Hey, you're gonna be the you're gonna be the nerd's right hand man, but really you're the brains of the operation. Like, and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. But that's it. That's what we're all gonna really do. And then we're gonna make you a dude. I why well, other uh, thing I said too is like, how about there's like three or four double agents in this film, like. <laughs> you know bad like writing? every everybody is like actively working against tim cook and <laughs> oh it was so stupid like bad writing it, like anytime there's a, like hey like instead of like having this person go through anything we're just gonna flip them mm-hmm. how easy is that yeah. like let's just say they were really working for this side the whole time and oh, i'm the- guilt-ridden now so i have to help the good guys yep like the like the asian character i forget his name yeah but from the original movie and then I think he's also in the first Jurassic World movie for like a second. Yeah. And then he F's off and now he's back in this one. So. Oh, uh, it was, it was, they're all, yeah. He, anyway. <laughs> bad writing is bad writing is bad writing. Like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. That and then everything like, it's, I don't understand why it had to be the CIA either. Like, why did they have to work for the CIA? Just make up some weird department within the government. Mm-hmm. The, the D, DIF. The Dinosaur right. Intelligence Foundation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I work for the <laughs> Federation would probably work better. Yeah, yeah. yeah Foundation yeah. makes it sound like it's a charity. It might as well have been. They poached everyone from fucking Jurassic World, which <laughs> I also didn't get because I was like, all these people were part of an operation that failed miserably. Mm-hmm. Like, well, they're the most. They know the most about dinosaurs. Like, really? Like, I'm sure there's someone that works at Apple. That is just there to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna have him come up and set my Apple computer up. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Where's Where's your passion? Um yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on, or should we? Wrap no, this we up? could wrap it. This is. I mean, it's. Okay. Yeah. I'm giving this one a three out of ten. Yeah. Um. What about you? Originally, when I had seen it, it was like a six. I was like, I'm teetering between six and seven. I was that entertained. I'm mm. telling you, like that. The Phoenix Theater was. It was just that's pretty forgiving, dude. It was so much. Like you have no idea. Like when I tell you, like you're in the jungle and you can hear the thing and you feel it rumbling. Mm-hmm. It you're there, you know. So it's very like, oh my god, like kind of looking around, what's going on. So I mean, it was. I was. I told. I told my friend. I was like, I'm not. You know the the writing was bad, <laughs> but like the adventure and how much fun I had. I was like. It bumps it up like a star, maybe two for me, you know? And then I saw it at the drive-in, and I was like, this is a pile of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. not very good. <laughs> like, I don't think I'd want to. I'm not watching this at home as soon as it comes out. Like, I'll never, like, just like Falling Kingdom. So I gave it I gave it a four out of ten. I mean, it's, I, I can't, and I think it actually dropped it more than a star for me because, um, you know, like. Mm-hmm. You got to see it for what it was. Yeah. In the drive-in, just. Bad writing, cash grab, nostalgia mm-hmm. bait, really formulaic. And they're probably going to make more because this one was also successful. It, the worst part is they're, it, they're, they're taking diamond. They're doing what they did in Jurassic Park, like literally doing it. 
not cloning dinosaurs, but they're like, oh, well, we're making dinosaurs fun for younger viewers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're making dinosaurs epic is yeah, what they're I mean, saying to themselves. Epic and cool. Oh, there's a there's a moment where the bad dinosaur, the Giganatosaurus, breathes fire. That's a real... Wow. That... So I had to look up that dinosaur. Actually, I was on my phone a little bit for this film too. I, I don't not. blame you. Thank you. <laughs> Just trying to like hide it too, so no one saw that I wasn't interested. Yeah, but it's like, turn hey. the brightness all the way down. Yeah, I got, this is my second time seeing it, man. Like they've already got more than enough money from me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, I want to see. Everybody. Did huh? <laughs> Nothing. Oh. <laughs> it will never supersede Moonfall. Uh, <laughs> that movie. Uh, but. Um, the the gig the whatever it was was a real dinosaur. Like I think both all mm, three of them yeah. at the end they were actually real. It's like oh we don't have to do an androgynous Rex. Or yeah, whatever. there's no like genetically modified whatever reptile I thing. I think maybe the only one would have been the Velociraptors at the at the, in the halfway through. Yeah, those things looked like tiny T Rex Velociraptors. <laughs> they didn't really dive. They just said that they're controlled by a laser, which I thought was fascinating too because i was like unless that laser puts a microchip on them like i don't do dogs do that like if you put like a dot on a like if you trained a dog to hunt someone that got marked would they not stop until that thing's dead i i i don't know i doubt it in this in this real world we're living in but in movie world sure sure okay (laughs) yeah cool well then i don't have an issue with that one (laughs) (laughs) not that one um Speaking of large things like T-Rexes, mountains are pretty big, aren't they? Whoa! And molehills. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely weren't climbing a molehill when they they trekked to Everest. Yeah, I just reached my peak. You know what I'm saying? Oh! Cream <laughs> always rises to the top. That's right, dog. That Especially when about you hit the burst. summit. Oh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, this was your film pick. Um, yes. Do you want to uh, touch on this Dude, before we dive I in? Dude, will, I will get my hands all over it. Uh, just like uh, I was going to make a cat in a hat joke. Oh, I thought you were going to say just like Jake Gyllenhaal got his hands on the summit when he touched the top. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, there's so much. This is a rich. This is so rich. <laughs> I had to do a little bit of research in the day. Anyway, so we're talking about Everest. We're talking about Everest. 2015. The 2015 film directed. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to say that guy's name. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Baltazar Cormacher. Yeah, Baltazar. uh, Featuring uh, Jason Clark, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jason Clark is Rob Hall. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is Scott Fisher. Rob Hall being the um, lead, well, the owner of... um, uh, the Adventure Consultants Group. Yep. All right. And then Scott Fisher being the lead of Mountain Madness. All right. Um, also, we had uh, Martin Henderson, who played Andy Harold Harris. Uh, I'm trying to think who Antoli um, Burkef was. Uh, I've got the cast up. So what was his name? Antoli Burkef? Yeah. I'm not seeing He's, him. It gets literally... Oh, there, oh. Ingvar... Sig- yeah, Ingvar Eggert Sigurdsson. Oh, nice. There's two S's in that one, too. Yeah, and there's also like a, a interesting foreign character in that name. 
Oh my god. Well, and then so and then you know, and then we got the then you got your you know your your guys. You got uh, Josh Brolin as Beck Weathers, Elizabeth Debicki as Carolyn McKenzie, Keira Knightley as Jan Hall or Jane Hall, mm-hmm. um, Sam Worthington playing Guy Coulter. All right, uh, and then Emily Watson, Todd Boyce, Mark Derwin, my boy Michael Kelly playing John Krakauer, which I thought I thought was the source material for the film, but was not. Yeah, it um, was not. Was that your? Did you pull a little Kennedy there? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Some look at the corns and ask why. I look at corns and ask why not. I. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. I told I was uh, this weekend. I was told my voice is a very uh, ASMR ASMR like sounding voice from someone listening to the podcast no no someone that i just was talking to in conversation oh yeah yeah i was like i I think that's all right and i said i did not i did not think that at all uh but mclean parker asmr uh official neon crew podcast video coming whenever (laughs) yeah i'll read off something hand me some is that what they do they just read they like they get real close to the microphone. They like kind of just they softly they softly speak into it. Maybe they have an accent. Maybe they don't. But they just <laughs> they just really brush up against it and just kind of put you at ease and make you feel relaxed. Yeah, like that. I don't think I do that. Oh no, but you, I you was, do the opposite. Let's say I was told <laughs> you get that my heart it. racing. <laughs> so I got um. I got told I got that. So, uh, anyways, that was yeah, that was my Kennedy accent. And uh, going back to you know the film, uh, twenty fifteen gets released, um, and it's essentially about summiting. It's about the nineteen ninety six expedition, uh, uh, featuring uh, adventure consultants and mountain madness going to the going to Everest. Mm-hmm. And it is really honestly a tale about um you know failed projects and and not taking you know things into effect uh poor planning uh not being able to you know kind of have that uh, see ahead and uh you know and it was something relatively new at the time commercial like climbing was wasn't really a thing Mm. especially everest like it's everest you know you talk to Preston, he'll tell you where Everest is at. Not really. Don't do it. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Not recommended. Yeah. I remember. Um, were, were you were you still going, or were you? No, that's it. Because like I said, the film. That's the film. I mean, then we're gonna just talk about the film. Right. So. I remember when I first watched this. I watched it when it like first came out in theaters, mm-hmm. um, 2015. Do you I remember was, the marketing for it? I. That's what I was gonna bring up exactly. Okay. I remember the marketing for it. I like so I was 20 years old and I still remember the commercial where it was the specific moment where Jake Gyllenhaal like taps on the peak of it mm-hmm. and it does that little piano note while he does it I think Ching. yep it's like that and then it like kind of gets into the whole like disaster element of it yes like this film in particular is one of the few films where the commercials and the marketing has like just stuck with me clear as day Really? Like, I don't... Like, this movie was very well marketed, I remember. Okay. Like, it got people in theaters to see it. Like, it's very wow. successful. Is it? Financially, yeah. It's had a budget of $55 million, And for the budget, it's pretty... Like, it made a decent amount. Like, it made $203.4 million, Which, like, for a based off a true story... Right, that was, like, worldwide. Mm-hmm. I think... 
I think domestically it only hit like 83 mil. That's still not awful though. And like for a based on a true story, that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Like the the marketing was really impressionable, I remember. And it still is I don't remember has a spot in my mind. Any of the mark like dude, I really? literally well, so you got I I remember I remember Jason Clark standing there like Rob Hall standing there in the front like before they like start their expedition and he's yeah. like at the at the how many how tall is it like 7 7000 feet or something like ridiculous like that Yeah once we hit the maximum altitude of 7000 feet your body will be literally dying and I mean literally dying like I just remember that the, also yes. being in the commercial That used to be a big so the word the the what trips me up is there was a fantastic film that came out in the 90s called Vertical Limit. Okay. That Chris O'Dowd, uh, Bill Paxton, uh, my R.I.P. boy Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, serious. Um, and then I can't remember. His. Anyways, um, and that that every time I hear Everest, I Chris O'Dowd, I think, O'Donnell. Does this like move? He was Robin and Batman and Robin. Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Yeah, he does this thing where he he jumps from a, a crevasse over a crevasse that's about uh, 100 feet long, mm. and, and he's like falling down. And he's wailing his arms, and he hits the the edge of the face of the mountain and sticks his hooks in there and catches it just right, you know. Hmm. So every time I think of like climbing movies, I think of that, and I just can't. Now, Vertical Limit is. Um, sensational it, was, it sounds okay. uh <laughs> now it sounds a bit hyperbolic uh, <laughs> in terms of no comparing I, it to this movie that it's a nine out of ten on old max rating oh. uh and and sam might give it a 10 out of 10 uh but the it's it's the action-packed what would you do on a mountain so when you hear like when i think of everest that's what i think so i don't remember any of the marketing and i, did, I had no inclination of seeing this film mm. did not give a shit honestly because i and then in 2016 i was like well it's out. I'm going to watch it. I watched it once. That was kind of odd. So I had to do, I did some digging on it. And like, you know, and then I read Crack Hours book and nothing there. And I've watched it kind of 15 times later. And, you know, it's just one of those things that sits with me. And it's just the polarity between people and humanity and where we're at with like, uh, dude, I mean, you take cavemen. If you went back in time, now granted all the shit that's going on, but you're like, hey, you'll pay 70 grand to climb Everest, you know? Yeah. People, like, why? I think that'd be the question. Why? Like, And that's the question that they raise in the film. Why? Yeah, and it's such a it's such a weird juxtaposition between what I was saying earlier about remembering the marketing and remembering what <laughs> actually happened the in the film. movie. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I was 20 years old, like I said, and I really didn't know anything about, like, what had happened. Like, I... I no I did. genuinely didn't know like what was going to happen with like the characters. It's and, in it's in Nepal, Nepal, right? Yeah. So, but I also wasn't privy to the concept of commercialized climbing. like Everest climbing. Yeah. I don't think it was really a thing either that you really thought about. Like I didn't really know that that was something that people did and so for them to like touch on that as a concept like I I couldn't remember anything about like Jake Gyllenhaal and Jason Isaac's relationship. I couldn't remember like why it was a big deal that this guy named John Krakauer was a part of uh, Adventure Consultants or whatever. Yeah. Like I didn't know what any of that 
meant. And right. so a lot of that stuff was pretty lost on me when I first watched the movie. Oh, 100%. I had no idea what it... I just knew that they paid the... Beck Weathers had the best quote in that whole thing. I'm paying you 70 grand. Out he goes, I'm not paying you 70 grand to stand in line at a freaking Walmart. Mm. And it's because I had so many people on the hill... Was that when he was on the bridge? Yeah, and he almost fell. Yeah. And they had there's like a little bit of some tension there and then he just screams at it, and I was like, that's what got me. Honestly, I would not have I cuz I didn't think I was like, "Oh, like you're going to pay a small for like, you know, to me like, go, you know, hopping on a plane and being like, I'm going to do a round trip from London to Australia back to New York City, I'd be like, that's a small fortune. Mm-hmm. Like it might cost 2 grand, you know, whatever it is. So like for me, I was like, oh, they're only paying like 5 grand, maybe 10 grand. He goes 70 fucking grand. You know how much that is how- for the 19 what is it? 19 like the 90s? 1996. Yeah. I looked it up the inflation. So look up 70 grand and then look up what it's it's in today. Uh, what'd you go to inflation.com? I don't know. I just, well, we were looking it up on the car ride home. So I have the number if you can. I was going to say, if you just, yeah. yeah, if you just want to, it's 130 grand with some change. Jesus. 130 grand to go to Everest, you know, something that you'll just challenge yourself as a human and then come down with a certificate saying I climbed Everest. Possibly die. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. The post guy, John <laughs> Hawks, like, dude, I was like, can you like, it just, I don't know. Some of that stuff just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, like if if someone came up to you and was like, hey, you're going to jump out of this of this plane. Like, we're pretty, but it's going to cost you 130K to do it. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just, <laughs> it, it's an interesting concept that I never really, like, paid that much attention to when and I first watched it. I think you, it's personally, well, now we're getting into it. So, I mean, you know, for me personally, I didn't either. And then it made me really start thinking about this shit. And I was like, man, what will we do as humans to one-up the next guy? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things. And I don't know if that was supposed to be a conflict in the film, or, but I thought it, it poses just a great question, you know? And yeah. then one of the funny things that they do that's a little bit of a scapegoat, but it's very true, is that when you make the climb, I guess George Mallory, when he first did it in one of his interviews... Um, when someone asked like why he did it or why why do you want to do it, he he climbed 700 feet from the summit. George Mallory did when he did it in 1924. Just said because it's there. Mm. Like as humans, you know that's what we kind of do. That's what we we conquer and we we go over. You know and and the parts of the world that are unknown we visit. And I'm like yeah, like George Mallory can say that because he wasn't paying us like a hundred uh, for a house on the summit of Everest. Like yeah, he did it himself. So. It feels like almost like a, a con to get these people to say, hey, I can do it. I'll get you up there, too. You know? And you're just robbing. Like, yeah. You're Rob hauling them. Wow. Oh. And I like Rob. Well, liked. <laughs> or still like, or, you know. Uh, like, However, like like the idea of Rob Hall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the notion of Rob Hall being in our hearts. Yeah. So... Yeah, I th- obviously this is based on like a real event. This yeah. is something that actually happened, and so like characters in this movie who are like main characters, like they they suffer uh, they suffer the fate of death in this film. I like, mean, it's Rob true. Hall dies, Scott Fisher dies, like Jake Gyllenhaal, Jason Clark, like two of the biggest names in this film. The um, leaders of both those groups. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. um, a few other people die. <laughs> You think that Josh Brolin's going to die, and yeah. then he just kind of comes back, and it, like his fingers and his nose are all black. Well, he got he got his, pretty much his whole left, all fingers in his left hand and his thumb amputated, and then his right arm got amputated, and they have to, 
I think both his feet got amputated after that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and they had to reconstruct his nose. <sighs> but, but, here's the added commercialism at its finest. Hmm. Uh, he made a pretty dime off his book, you know, Above the Air or Beyond Death, something yeah. like that. <laughs> I, at that point, I would, <laughs> I, if I were him, I would have written a book too. That's what he wrote. That's the source material for this film. Yeah, so I was going to ask you uh, this question kind of yeah. in relation to that. So I was reading on, I usually go to Wikipedia Same here. for like info on this film. I guess even though it has John Krakauer in it, it's not really from his point of view. And even though like he wrote Into Thin Air, which is a, a, a telling of those events from like his perspective. Yes. I guess he really uh, doesn't like this movie. Um, he or he he doesn't really see the value in it compared to like his book. Okay, so some of the some of, well one they don't really it's kind of interesting too because I was like I wonder if Krakauer pissed off some people because they kind of one they make him seem like he's not that great of a climber and Krakauer has written several books on climbing. He was like a somewhat amateur climber himself when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, the Devil's Thumb. I can't remember. What, I think that's in Alaska. Uh, but he wrote Into the Wild based on um uh christopher mccandless yep he wrote that book and and tried to trek some of his journey and um went into the wild so and and there's this there's this uh little summit that's called the devil's thumb that amateur climbers can do but it's it that more people have perished climbing it um so anyways he's got some he's got some you know climbing ability behind him and um and Tolly one of the characters in this film the russian guy he did not agree with his philosophy on climbing so what you learn in in this i mean dude the events that it it really turned into a recipe for this is what was going to happen and it's a i think i read one of these like this for uh one of my project management classes earlier in this in the climb because that was may I think 10th and 11th or may 9th through 11th that all this took place mm-hmm um, a week or two before, when they're setting up the ropes, because there's so many climbers on there, they didn't they didn't get the lines fixed, right? So that's why you got into some of the waiting. So more oxygen was being used up during this. And totally now, because they joined, remember, Venture Consultants and um, Mount Madness Mount joined Madness, yeah. they joined together. And totally being Russian was under the firm belief: if you need oxygen, you should not climb. So Scott Fisher did not provide oxygen to. Or he had it available, but Antoli, being the lead guide, didn't carry it for the other members. Mm. So they had to, and that's why you had oxygens that would get stashed, or the Sherpas would go up and carry it. Uh, and it caused Scott Fisher and Antoli to get into some arguments. So that morning, Antoli goes up by himself, doesn't bring the oxygen with him. He ascends and then descends as base, they're leaving base four to go to the summit. He passes him by, and he pretty much told Scott Fisher, I'm going to get some energy in case they need to be rescued, which I was like, that's the fucking biggest cop-out I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Like, why not just go with them and then save them as then, they need yeah, to be if saved? If they need to be rescued, rescue them then and there. <laughs> yeah, instead of like waiting for someone to come grab you. And then they're like, oh, yeah, he was very fresh. He was the most energized when it came. It's like, no shit. He already did the hard thing and got sleep. Mm. Um. So you ran into that, and then you know uh, the oxygen, which I was trying to really get a feel for, because in the movie they make it like a big deal that there isn't that much oxygen that got stashed here and there. But what really the big 
problem was was that because of how many commercial expeditions were going out and the lines not being readily available, you burn through more oxygen than they had prepped for. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Scott Fisher did a couple of cents and descents. Like he went from base camp three down to two to one, back up to three. So there was a little bit of uh, um, they believed him. Like he got hypothermia, and what's it when your lungs start filling up with water? Um, pulmonary something i don't yeah i'm not sure okay any doctors listening out there fuck off <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's fucking we don't trust doctors here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of podcast you think this is yeah. uh so yeah so there was there was there was a lot of that going on and then you know so Scott Fisher wasn't very healthy he got he had gotten up to the he got up there at like 3:30 p.m. when it was putting you into kind of dangerous times for the storms coming through mm-hmm. and then Rob Hall wanted to wait for John Hawk's character and that was like a real thing that happened he he did try to make sure that he got him up there safely but he should have stopped you know they had uh, what they call it summit fever yeah was he the guy who was uh, was he Doug yes yeah Doug Peter, he was the guy that Doug was coughing something. the entire time yeah he and it and you got to think too in 96 i mean this is all rel- like they, that was the second year they so that's the second trip up that thing that they did commercial wise mm-hmm. and people saw him do it from 95 and went oh shit like we've been up there we can do it too so you ran into all that all the groups of people no one really respected what was going on and you figured oh they'll just hand us some money and we'll get them up there and if they don't they don't you know and it's like, how are you going to, what are you going to do? Pay those people their money back if you don't get to the summit? Like, if they scream, like, take me there, it's like, well, I guess so. You know, like, what do you, mm-hmm. so. There's a lot of different factors that <laughs> made it into a disaster. Oh, my God. Yes. And then you get to see it and live it. So, and it, mm-hmm. back to what you're saying, Crack Hour's book, I read Into Thin Air, and it's all about, there, I guess there are tape recordings on this. So mm. he had gone back, he'd listened to some stuff, he had the insights from what he went through because he was part of, I think he was one of the first groups that touched, and he got caught up into coming back down. Mm. But, dude, some of the stuff that he talks about, he goes back and, re- like a good journalist, I mean, he got the stories of people that came back and they were like asking, like, what happened, where'd he go, this and that, and then listening to stuff. And there was a couple of things that were postulated that happened, like uh, Andy Harold Harris no one he 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 was with rob he went back up to find rob and then he's like he gets hot just yeah one of the more there's two pretty disturbing things that i was like i'm never climbing mountains was when they're just like walking and fall and there's no like music that accompanies it like there it's just like yeah like see it that scene where he takes like he gets too like air quotes too hot it's basically like his brain playing tricks on him Yes. Like he he takes off all of his clothes and then he just like slips down the mountain. Yep. And then you just never see him. Ever they haven't again. found his body, him or Doug's body. They haven't found. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just turns around and Doug's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like well, you do, or do you even like see him fall? Doug. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I didn't really he, remember. He's kind of he like not. he was on the thing, dude. It was like one of the more startling things. Is I I. First time I'd seen it, I didn't really know what was going to happen. And I didn't know it was really like, it, it kind of was like, hey, it's kind of based on a true story. It's like, oh, they really fabricated this. But then when you read Into Thin Air, like, no. Like, they, like, Crack Hours talk, and he's like, you don't understand. Like, when you're up there with the crevasses, with the snow coverings, mm-hmm. you can just walk and fall. Yeah. Like, it's not uncommon that you just slip into something. So he goes, imagine being up there with, you know, 100, 100 mile an hour winds sweeping snow in front of your face. 
you don't know where you're at. You could just walk over to the side of something and just, you know, there you go. I wonder if, um, I wonder what exactly he denounced the movie for. He, 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 he really, he didn't, uh, he, he blames Antoli for the death. Mm. He says that because Mountain Madness, Antoli being the lead guy, didn't do what he was promising to do for his clients, mm-hmm. right? Did not bring oxygen, so he didn't put them in a safe environment. And because he went up and down without placing oxygen for them or guiding them, says all this could have been avoided. Because he left Scott Fisher really to be the lead guide, and Scott was behind everyone trying to push him forward. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of bringing it up the rear, yeah. you know? And Antoli wasn't there with his group. There were like eight or ten of them. And so that's one he says Antoli he blames Antoli. So Antoli actually wrote a book and and kind of refuting against what Krakauer said. So he put it through his perspective and really it was kind of like a PR move to say, you know, fuck off, like this is what I do. Yeah. And then the other part that he didn't like was uh when Antoli came and this is where I was like, man, maybe the director either he didn't know about the beef or he like didn't agree with Krakauer. Because Antoli comes back, he's like John, John, we need your help. And he's like, ah, no, I can't. Yeah. I can't. And he's, like, he's like, I, I, if I go out, I'll die. Or yeah, like yeah. Something like I'm a, that. I'm a giant bitch. I can't. I, I don't know they what kinda, I'm doing. Yeah, they kind of make him look like a little bit of a coward in this movie. And, the, and I wonder if that's like part of the issue that he had with it. He, oh, 100%. <laughs> he hated it. I mean, that's what I mean, dude, like, think mm-hmm. about it. Like, you're up there as a journalist and you come out with into thin air and it's like, this giant movie comes out and you look you watch John Krakauer in this scene, you're like, oh, he just went for the money grab and really didn't care about the people that he was with. Like he's literally and he wrote that book to get money. Yeah, because like the Wikipedia doesn't really go into the specifics of like why he didn't like it. So I, I had I was to look very at, curious. I had to look it, it was Antoli and it was because of what the director did. And the director said he wanted to make it look like uh John Krakauer was like he not Krakauer, it was just the situation that these people were in where how helpless they were. Mm. You don't understand. They were 700 feet from base camp four mm-hmm. when all this took. When people died, they literally walked a quarter of a mile and found them covered in ice and dead. Yeah, like, and you can't you can't do anything for them. Like you can't try to save them. Otherwise, you're gonna die too. 700 feet. Like that's it's not like they were three miles away. Like <laughs> 700 feet is they were literally a football field away. Like you had to like imagine walking a football field from end post to end. Well, if you've ever been on one, um, you know, the distance of school, kinda, school, uh, football field. Yeah. Probably a little bit different. They're all the same. <laughs> They're all 120 yards. Mm. So, I mean, a hundred yards is three feet. That's 900 feet. So you're literally walking from one goalpost to about the 10 yard line. Yeah. That's it. it you could jog that in 15, 20. Well, if you're me, 30 seconds. Well, wait, but, way to get football in this talk. Well, I'm just trying Mac. to. I'm just trying to say, like, <laughs> 700 feet. Like, I know. I'm just giving you shit. Well, it's, it's all right. It's warranted. Um, <laughs> but you know, like, and I didn't. In the movie, you don't really get that feel for it either. Mm. I didn't really know that it was like that. I, yeah, it to me, it felt way f- like much further away than what it actually turned out to be. Yeah, like it, and it, it credit felt like to, they were in a whole other world. <laughs> that's and that's credit to the film. I think what. So, anyways. We'll get into the. Uh, I, this is one of my favorite films, and it, it's really? touched me. So I mean, huh? Really? <laughs> you don't say, Mac. You don't say. <laughs> You're going, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, well, listen, I'm, I'm blink enjoying twice this when insight. You, oh, good. Well, I was about to say, blink twice when it's like, all right, you know, like let's fucking go. But like, um, 
So, anyways, Krakauer wrote. I didn't realize that Beck Weathers wrote something. A lot of people that survived this wrote, uh, and actually Everest that came out in '97 on the IMAX. The that IMAX team was on this climb. Mm. So, oh yeah, don't they even mention it in the yeah, movie? I think they say the IMAX team is going to go. It's kind of funny because they're like it, they're almost like they're like the jobbers, you know, of the <laughs> of the film. So like when they're like. They get on the phones and like everyone's dying and it's like Jake Gyllenhaal might be dead. Rob, you know, you know, like Jason Clark might be dead and you're kind of like your heart's rating. Like, like what's going on? It's like, hey, the IMAX team's gonna go try to save them. <laughs> it's like, oh great, <laughs> the movie nerds are gonna go up on Everest and find these guys. Man, dude, we do what we can. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you got the guys like he's like me. <laughs> This is for the cinephiles. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's so, funny. Uh, yeah. So I think that's why Krakauer kind of, and I don't know if the guy that directed this, I, I was trying to get some juice on this because I was like, it's for a lot of things that happen. But one of the things that they into thin air that they talk about, Krakauer actually like kind of got like uh, severe depression going after this. It was like I, I'm not drinking surprised. and pills, and like he didn't know if he was going to write the book or not. So I don't, and I honestly like I don't think that that was like a money grab for the kind of the, the the ending you know of the book yeah you know it was kind of like uh you know he probably got a little fucked up with near death and seeing a bunch of people that he got to know over a month die mm-hmm. yeah and then some movie comes out and it makes him look like a little bit of a bitch <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he's, he's he's right to uh be a little upset he's spaghetti about and that. not only that he did touch the summit too so he climbed everest yeah exactly <laughs> like, it wasn't like he, he just turned around like he actually did make it to the top too mm, right um very true so dude hold on hold on i've gone on my spiel i mean there's and as we talk you know but what so second time viewing is it this more of the first or was it so I'm I'm glad that I could rewatch this so I could gain uh, a sense of like what it actually is going for in terms of like portraying commercialized climbing and like that specific disaster with those specific people. Mm-hmm. Um, this film I think it's good. Um, okay. I think I really like how it portrays the disaster of it unfolding. I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of the first half of the film where it's just like the buildup because yeah, to you me, were the guy that I read about. <laughs> <laughs> You're that asshole. <laughs> no, no, no. Cause I do want to hear this. Cause I like, mm. I, I really, I could, if you give this a three out of 10 or a 10, like it doesn't matter. I'm just curious. Cause it's from, and I don't want to cut you off. I just want to say for me, it's one of those things where I have such a lore for it, you know, like such mm-hmm. a love. And I, it just, it fascinates me. But at the same token, I know that's my weird and like, <laughs> you know, like I, that's a 10 out of 10, but you're no, like, you're good, dude. Your you experience know. is your experience. So that's why, but so don't hold back on it. Cause I, uh, and you know, on the way back and you know, my friend, she read off a little, she did read off a review and I was like, the, I already got out the emotions. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> you who already got out the pain. <laughs> But no, I think um, this film in terms of like setting up what's coming, like the disaster, Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was anything super spectacular. Like to me, it was just kind of, it almost felt like it should have involved more of the disaster unfolding because to me, it felt like there was more that that we just weren't seeing. Like what you were saying with Antoli going back up and like not providing like the oxygen that they needed or like doing all these weird things and then you've got jake gyllenhaal's character going up and down and like all this stuff like i feel like if we only spent a half hour 
of them like leading up to the disaster like the climb and then they right. go on the climb i think i would have liked that a lot better than they spend like an entire hour like going to that and i get that it's important because you gotta show you gotta show like kind of the character relationships and like what these people went through in order to like lead up to that point specifically with like josh brolin with the bridge incident and like him kind of losing his temper like i actually kind of liked that scene yeah because i liked josh brolin's acting in it like he felt genuine to me like he felt like he he was a real person in danger (laughs) not just like an actor playing a character on screen right and i thought that that was interesting but in terms of like the beginning i just thought it was like pretty i don't want to say lackluster but just kind of standard like you know none of the shots are super interesting like the characters they they're saying what they need to say to each other you get kind of like the i don't want to say filler dialogue but the dialogue where john crackers the john Krakauer's like all right i gotta ask the question why do you do it and i remember that being in the trailer too <laughs> see that's the one and i'm it's i don't know i, I i'm not gonna make arguments for it but it, i watched it when i watched it like so I think I watched this like three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I saw that, and then like you know, because they go because it's there. Yep. You know, that's like the <laughs> motto for Everest. He goes, no, but really, why? And then really, no one gives him an answer. Uh-huh. That's what like it's like those small things that fascinate me because no one really could say, you know, Doug, why do you do it? And he's like, I, you know, it's my third. Time. I just want to show that uh, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you didn't make it, Doug. <laughs> you didn't make it. 130k <laughs> later, those third graders, you know, I don't know if they're mourning you or wondering where the hundred dollars is at. <laughs> Where's the pizza party? Doug? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, yeah. Jesus. Um, Sorry about. I mean, no, well, no. Rest you're in good. peace too. I mean, obviously, like this, you know. Then fuck off if you're like kind of doing the same. I mean, honestly, these are people that were impacted and things that happened. I mean, like that uh, Jan's. I think um, Rob Hall's daughter grew up without a dad. Yeah, you know, and as much as we, I think it's more of a frustrating aspect for me, on, um, you know, some of this stuff happening just because, like, I mean, human lives are impacted. Mm. You know, it's just one of those things where you kind of just it could have know. easily been prevented, but yeah, it just well, not, wasn't. Think about, it. I mean, we're talking about, it, and people talk about Rob Paul. Do you think that they still go like, uh, you know, when you talk about Rob Paul, it's like, oh, it's the guy that climbed Everest and didn't make it. You know, mm. like no one's like, oh, shit, like I wonder what happened with his wife and, his, you know, his kid and, you know, some of the people that were his friends, like it, they're just gone. Mm-hmm. Like, like as much as I'm kind of, you know, poking fun at, you know, Doug, mm-hmm. he didn't he got a whole elementary school to raise enough money for him to go back to this thing. Like yeah. it was his third time up there and they gave him a little bit of a discount. God knows how much. <laughs> right. Uh, I remember that line in the movie <laughs> with uh Jason Clark. And they were trying to make him sound like he was like a good guy too. And that all was. I mean, it was all in good fun. I think cuz I agree and I heard this guy talk about the first half. He's like there's just not enough tension and build up and it's like, yeah, it's very true. Like if you're not into kind of the behind the scenes of it, mm. like you know, like what are you going to do? There's no, really nothing there. It's just getting you excited for them to go up to the top of this fucking thing. Right. Yeah, there was that. Um, I guess also like some scenes felt a little too like cheesy to me. Like the scene where Beck Weathers is like waking back up and like his he's thinking about his wife like and his kids oh. standing over him with like the field in the background or whatever. Yeah, that felt a little too <laughs> heavy handed. Like just show him getting back up. Like you don't need these flashback 
like fantasy no scenes, whatever. No one cares <laughs> about the motivation, especially from a side character. We, we kind of know for already from why he's like fighting to get back. You know, one, yeah. he doesn't want to die. Yeah. Two, he has a wife and kids. Yeah. Like, we've like, already seen them. Like you don't need to. <laughs> I agree with that. Like hundred percent. Like that. You don't kinda... need to hammer it home like that much. And also, like some of the acting, I felt was like way better than others. Like I like Josh Brolin. I like Jason Isaacs. Um, I thought that Who's Jason, Jason Clark, or uh, yeah, Jason Clark. Sorry, okay. not Jason Isaacs. My bad. I'm mixing him up with another actor. Um, I really liked Emily Watson. I thought she was really good oh my god film. yeah dude like she she gave like an emotionally powerful performance sam worthington popped in for all of 10 minutes and i he's one of the most i thought he was in the film more that's how much like i hadn't i hadn't seen it in a couple of years so uh-huh. I was like, can't wait to watch this and then he's like hey rob rob mate rob, you gotta make it rob we're, we're we're sending people up now we've got some <laughs> o on the way we've got some o on the way rob talk to Kira Knightley. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I thought she was really good. Um Kira Knightley I wasn't a huge fan of. I mean, Sam Worthington wasn't anything special to wow. me. Wow. Um, wow. He, he just was kind of bland guy. <laughs> he felt like he was lesser Chris Pratt. Guy Cotter. <laughs> what do you mean? How else does he sell it? He just got pulled in there. It's like, "Hey, where's Rob at?" Yeah. I'm not yet. Like, True. I said I I'm not going to do it. 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 Um, I, I like thought Jake... Emily, Emily Watson was shit. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not. I have to, I Contrarian. Loved all, I loved all of them. Um, I like Jake Gyllenhaal in this. I thought he was good. I liked. I liked his uh, his like kind of spin on that. I I and I don't know. I don't know how the guy was like in real life. I don't well, know I don't, if he was like a surfer bro type dude. We'll like have he was to. In this film. We'll have to ask around. Scott Fisher was born in Muskegon, Michigan. Really? Yep. Oh, I can't believe it. That much closer to a connection with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> One more step. <laughs> One more step. <laughs> I'm almost there. Six degrees of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um, the guy that played John Krakauer, Michael Kelly, he was fine. Like He's I didn't, all right. I didn't think he was anything special. And maybe that was more to do with like the writing of his character and like what they had him do versus like the acting. I am so. I I really wish I could figure out what what happened. Mm-hmm. I thought in the thin air, and they and the guy and the director even said we didn't use any of his book for source material. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious as to like what his reasonings were. Like I, I just want to just want to talk to the guy. You know, I'm sure you do too. Krakauer or the director? Either one. At no, the same I, time, uh, yeah. <laughs> just kind of get a feel. So yeah, I thought that was kind of like hit or miss most of the acting i thought was decent um nothing super stand out although i did like it when jason clark was uh i I mean i didn't like it when he was dying but he portrayed it well like i thought that it was heartbreaking and (laughs) got a little dusty really really emotionally like resonant um yeah i liked that uh, really, like I think the strong point for me in this movie is just the disaster unfolding itself because it feels like just a lot of little things that go wrong to make it so that all these people's lives are in danger and all these people die because of it. And it, I, it, imagining that that is actually how it played out, I think it portrayed it pretty well. Yeah. Oh, that, I would agree a hundred percent with that. And that mm. you talk like the first hour, kind of it it 
I mean, it, you know, the first hour comes and it's one of those things. I mean, I'm just fascinated with it. Just, you know, trying to pin, like crack. I'm probably, I might read another book on this thing. Um, but once you get to that, the second half, I mean, it's really almost like it's just two films. Like I don't, it doesn't ever feel like three acts. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really feels like, Hey, we're at the summit and then it's after the summit. And that second half, that hour goes by like really fast. This movie is almost exactly two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely feels like, like you said, two halves of a movie. Like yeah. it, it's not like a third act or anything. It's just like build up and then disaster. And then like maybe 10 minutes at the end for resolution. And then that's pretty much the whole gist of it. Not it <laughs> even that it's like a helicopter they had to just because it's the highest descent uh, ascent a helicopter's ever made mm-hmm. for a rescue like yeah. it's the highest ever recorded the guy did it twice by the way uh-huh <laughs> yeah uh he he got up was like nope and then went back down no. unloaded some stuff and i was mean like, like in real life oh really no he went up there twice beck weathers gave up his spot so because uh the sherpa for mount madness mm-hmm. was in worse condition than beck weathers which is hard to believe because he lost like limbs. Uh-huh. Uh that guy came up there and Beck gave it his spot to him and said, "Take him down first. And when asked about it, Beck Weathers just said, "Because it felt like it was the right thing to do." So that helicopter oh, pilot went up twice, and actually Beck Weathers was kind of pissed that uh, I think he a little bit that that wasn't included. I was gonna say that wasn't in the movie. No, someone I, I was reading about it on the IMDb trivia, and then they actually there's a little bit of Beck Weathers talking about it on like uh, one of the articles I read um, that he was a little not peeved, I think, but he he was kind of hoping that they'd have that in the film, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I think they do they do two climbs, and one they don't save the Sherpa guy, so I don't know, I didn't. Yeah, Didn't that makes sense. You know, I, and I kind of forgot that that even happened. But yeah, that that that, that pilot's like actually, I mean, now he's like he's he's a know. world record holder. Yeah, <laughs> in, in a in a <laughs> not so purposeful way. Yeah, maybe yeah, one of the things he doesn't. Well, he doesn't know those people. I mean, he just saved them. Yeah, yeah, he's just doing his job. Yeah, very hazardously. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you talk about like, you know, you thought like them surviving the night was rough. That helicopter pickup scene is just as tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I forgot about that. Like from the original, like from the first time watching this film. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I totally forgot that that was like a risky part of the movie. Yeah, that that was a moment of tension. It's still not like they they grab them and then it just hits. To, like here we go. We're telling you everyone's lives. Uh, sorry, I was looking. I guess they up. make it down to one of the base camps. And they're all hugging and crying, and you know. Uh. Sorry, I'm I'm looking something up for later, like in the oh, podcast. Sure, sure. Just, oh, just to make okay. sure that it's not like we're talking about Crack Hour and his hate for Anto. Anyways, Antoli Burkrev, Burkrev, he died climbing a uh, mountain, another mountain in Nepal, uh, and he has a couple. Um, so he came out with a book to refute Crack Hour, and then he also came up with his own um, uh, memoirs. You know, memoirs of like a high altitude climber. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't really know what I, I, I'm trying to think of some other notable. I mean, like crack hours in it. And then um, I think after that, I mean, people, Beck Weathers, you know, pretty much, you know, turned into the $6 million man and sold a bunch of books. Yeah. I'd, I'd have done the same thing. <laughs> I think he's blind now, too. They yeah. said between his. He's blind. He's lost his nose. He lost 
uh, his le- his feet. Yep. And a hand. Yep. Um, Jesus Christ! I would never want to go near snow ever again after that. Seventy grand. Oh, I'm sorry, one hundred thirty. <laughs> one hundred thirty. Well, he he made that back, but he had to sacrifice his uh his body parts for I it. I guess in one of the things too, which that's why it just it's crazy just what people pick and choose. He in his book, you know, like Beyond Death or Beyond the Air or something like that, um, talked about one of the reasons that he his his relationships with people and why that was like one of the things that he was really big on why he wanted to come back down. So mm-hmm. I think he probably was like, if you're going to use my book, you put that in there, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, like, the director's probably, like, over the cheesiness, but, like, Beckweather's is like, that's right. <laughs> that's who I did it for. If you want it done this way, you got to do it my way. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I liked the um. I liked the, the effects, too. I think the effects were really mm-hmm. well done. Like, I... There were some instances where it was like kind of clear, but for the most part, it was very believable that they were like on this mountain. Like I couldn't really tell a lot of the time, like the difference between like, okay, is this like a green screen or is this like, are they actually on a mountain? Like they, filming this. So <laughs> Kyle, I got a bunch of stuff for you. Oh, right. fill me in. Uh, well, fill one, me up. Mac. It, <laughs> that's right. Cream always rises. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they shot on location. Now, obviously, I think they only did it at like base camp one or base camp two. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Josh, or uh, um, who was being? Oh, the actress that uh, played like Yakashi Namamato. Oh yeah, she was attacked by a yak. Oh wow. Yeah. So Josh Brolin and Jason Clark had to wrestle the yak back by grabbing its horns, mm-hmm. and they had to get everyone across safely. Uh, they're one of the suspension bridges. I think someone almost fell through climbing over there. Um, by the way, uh, you know, Tropic Thunder is about the movie, about making the movie about of the book. Yeah. Yeah, this movie, 16 Sherpas died uh, carrying. For this movie? Yeah, six. And so in 2015, Nepal Earth had earthquakes, which caused, like, record avalanches. And some of the 16 Sherpas that were c- carting up uh, – like production sets or equipment. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, 22 people died Holy in 2015. Shit. 16 died trying to make this film. So there's I'm, more I'm casualties right now. in. There's more casualties of making the film than in the actual film. They need and to make a film about making this fucking movie. That's what I said. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was like. I go. The irony of this is Holy insane shit. that they're they're making a film on the deadliest climb in Everest history, and of that climb, they make the deadliest movie ever made. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh maybe not ever, because I'm sure that there's other films where they're like, man, you know, exhaustion. But yeah, sixteen Sherpas died uh, because of an avalanche on the Nepal earthquakes in 2015. So that it, and. The worst part is it says it ends with production halted. <laughs> production was delayed. Yeah, it doesn't like say like God rest your souls or anything. It's just like yeah, uh, they had to stop. <laughs> we have to delay Everett. Sorry guys. Yeah. So they but send out a tweet. <laughs> one of the one of the interesting things I read about was that in um, Holland or New Zealand, there's actually this like air simulator that they create. You know. And it's like this huge glass set that you can 
put in props or I don't want to say an air simulator, but it, they can get it down to zero degrees temperature. Oh, so they brought in real like snow. Like I don't know if they create. It says they brought in snow, and I'm like, well, I guess you could just create maybe create snow. I don't know how that works, but they brought in, they shipped it in. So some of the shots that they do of the climbs are probably like on this like little you know mm-hmm. some sets. But they got they got it down to zero degrees, and then uh, yeah, filming on location. They had to they had to sleep under heated blankets because the cabins weren't. Did, one assistants <laughs> couldn't go up there so josh brolin didn't have larry with him uh, no. you know so like he had to fucking stomach it yeah they got heated blankets but the cabins weren't like lit up you know they didn't have heat or anything like that yeah. like they're just meant for you know blue collar dogs that you know spent 130 grand to go climb the mountain so they don't really church it up for them uh-huh. these poor actors had to sleep <laughs> up there while these sherpas are dying oh no yeah the poor poor jason clark <laughs> yeah <laughs> and apparently he climbed three mountains in prep for the role and him and jake all got a nice mountain climb in like santa monica or something like that Oh, nice. for the role yeah so they got some experience nice some nice bonding time yeah i want to i want a story about their friendship <laughs> climbing mountains in preparation for everest oh we'll get like the everest cinematic universe like the making of oh yeah. the everest movie that would for be the disaster and then of course like the jake gyllenhaal jason jason clark friendship expedition josh brolin's journey of uncomfortableness on set you know he had to hang out with beck weathers for three days Oh, did he really do that? I don't know, but you. Well, I'm guessing he did to get into character. Like, could you? And you know, I'm sorry for Beck Weathers, but like, sitting across from him, <laughs> blind, no feet, no hands, like a missing limb, no nose. You have to live up to <laughs> something that this guy actually went through. Yeah, and he's trying to explain it to you while he's like looking off in the distance, like. I don't know. I, that'd be tough. And well, and then when you hear about they had to sleep under heated blankets, it's like kind of prissy, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's. I feel like it's a high snub. Yeah. Josh Brolin just goes like, "Yeah, man, I know what you've been through." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just so. Detached. We had you here for three days. It seems like Josh says three hours, and he's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> says he can completely relate. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it must have uh, them going to that location to where they can change the temperature must have helped like the believability of like how cold they actually were because I definitely I could get a sense that they were not they were not comfortable they were not in room temperature like, no it's very believable that they were they were freezing yeah so I like that aspect of it too there's a lot of this movie that I like it's just there's a lot of it that I think could have been better or could have been like touched up a little bit or cut down i will say in my opinion of it mm-hmm. is that there isn't enough behind it to make it one of those things where you can just roll into the events and have people buy in with what's happening mm-hmm. it's very it's not a world renowned event it's something that's happened but like to just go with you know starting with hey this is just we're going to show you the whole trip it's hard because you you don't know anything about climbing. We don't know about commercial climbing. You don't mm-hmm. you don't have any idea what goes into it. We don't even care about the really climbing. And this thing's marketed as this disaster film, you know, you know, man versus nature, and it's just on the the backdrop of real events. So even with the real events happening, like you're trying to get yourself to buy into all these characters and it's really like who do you buy into? None of them are the lead. 
the leads, if you had to say they were the leads, don't make it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, whose story are you really following? Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things I read, you know, and it's I, and that's personally where I think it's kind of why at the first hour. Now, I, I, I bought in, so I, and it made me do all this crazy stuff, researching and trying to figure out like what the fuck happened, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot, there's a couple of conflicting. Um, well, I mean, too, you got, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, the director had Christian Bale lined up to be Rob Hall. And the story was actually going to be Rob Hall. Mm. And uh, Christian Bale was supposed to be the lead, and they were going to follow Rob Hall through all this. So I thought that might have made an interesting arc. I would have liked to see that. I think that would have been really It would have been. I don't know if I'd agree with it, though, because he, he doesn't he doesn't encapsulate what had what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, now unless you go like did a whole story from Rob Hall's inception into climbing and and maybe filtered in some memories back then and then, you know, into where he's at now because you know where his story ends at. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hard, like, well, what happens after that? Like, I, I'd be, if they did it like that, it'd be more interesting. Like, well, who made it then? Mm-hmm. You know, if he goes, like, what? So, uh, but Christian Bale, and I, I, I wish I would have looked it up, but uh, took on gods and exodus instead of Everest. So uh, they were kind of, you know, yeah, con- conflict confliction yeah so i, I don't schedule know confliction <laughs> I, i'm curious as to who got the better end of that deal actually i'm gonna find out why don't uh so yeah okay I mean, you're kind of guy you got this so i've got the i've got the everest up um are you looking up oh yeah gods oh, yeah. of egypt <laughs> gods exodus gods and kings six oh Ooh. yeah that I, I mixed it up with gods of egypt which is a totally different movie <laughs> So, uh, let's see. Let's do budgets. Ridley Scott directed this. Oh, my God. Uh, budget for this one is a... Oh. <laughs> we'll find out. I read the opening weekend, but I thought that was gross. Okay. So, I was like, oh. All right. So, budget for Gods and Kingdom, 140 mil. Okay. Budget for this is 55 million. And uh, opening weekend, this did 24 mil. 24 million? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 24 mil opening week for opening weekend. I'll have to look at another. Oh, don't you're good. Let's just go to gross. Okay, so gross. This gross 65 US. Ooh, this was 203.4 million. Well, that's not. I think that's worldwide gross. Um, so this did worldwide 268. You don't go to IMDb. I that? I go to Wikipedia, bro. Dude, you got an IMD. It's all right there. Box office. I got the look it up. I'll look it up. Everest. Everest. 2015. I mean the technical specs for the for Exodus guy. I just what well, you know, it's all right there. It's nice. It's concise. It's clean. I'm on Imdba right now. I'm scrolling down to find the box office. And there, there it is. All right. Okay. So, budget 55 million. Mm-hmm. Um, opening weekend U.S. and Canada. Is what it says Jesus, on here. Really? Yeah, uh, seven million dollars. That's it. Pretty much. God bless it. All right. What did gross U.S. Uh, gross U.S. forty three million. Okay, so this one got sixty five mil, and then worldwide, uh, world worldwide two hundred and three million. All right, this two sixty eight, but it also cost eighty five thousand dollars, eighty five million more dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I guess we know who won that battle. Uh, <laughs> definitely 
the actors. Yeah. <laughs> Whose careers it didn't kill. Nope. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, not speaking of, uh, well, we're not doing this, right? We don't need to do this. No one really, Joel Egerton was in this film. Where'd he go? Oh, well. But it's really just Christian Bale, and I think Bale up to that point is Bale could do no wrong. Still can't, apparently, with Love and Thunder. We'll see. Yeah. Um, did you have anything more you wanted to say about Everest, or should we? Besides, I love it. <laughs> Besides, I want to give it a kiss. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I just sit here and bash the film, and five years from now I'm at I'm <laughs> you're reading about me in the paper because I died. <laughs> I'm you were so inspired. Oh, oh no! Yeah, no, it's like the angry lover. It's like the guy that talks. You know, it's like he constantly makes fun of me. It's like I'll never date him. I'll never date him. Next thing you know, you're holding hands, walking down the aisle, and well, then only the you know bad things happen. Like falling off the face, face, sheer, sheer rock face. Mm-hmm. Um, with your with your clothes being taken off. Yeah. Well, only one of them. Only one of two. No. Apparently, Scott Fisher died of hypothermia too. So he was found with his with his oxygen mask on his face, but no oxygen in the tank, mm-hmm. and half of his like arm outside of his. So Rob Hall's body's still up there because Jan thought it would be appropriate. He wanted to die with the mountain. Uh, Scott Fisher got Antoli found Scott Fisher's body, mm-hmm. took it away from the uh, the walking path. Uh, Doug and Andy's bodies never were found, and then uh, I don't I don't really remember her name. Oh, um, uh, the Asian yeah, girl. That was her seventh climb. Uh, her seventh. She found, she got to all seven peaks. Yasuko Namba. Yasuko Namba. She Antoli found her body, I believe, or uh, another commercial climbing expedition did, and they kind of built a tomb so that she wouldn't get pecked by whatever eats you at those conditions yeah uh and then her fiance or her husband or the widow actually asked that she be brought down so uh some of the bodies were found uh some of them still up there you know i guess one of the things that happened is like when there's a body up there they kind of just yeah they they can't really like risk their own lives to retrieve your body right it's way too risky. Yeah, like, I've I've read about that. How like there's still climbers up there, and George like, Mallory, Mallory's up there. Mm-hmm. 1924, they found him 700 feet from the summit. They're like, hey, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's George. <laughs> yeah, who really knows if he didn't make it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's to say? Yeah, he's like right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I think that's about it, honestly. Okay. Like I think, and then we got the Nepal shout out to the our hero in the helicopter. That's right. Yeah. It's my helicopter noise. That was really spot on. Oh, it's like your it's like your Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent accurate. <laughs> so, uh, what would you rate this film? Oh, what would I rate it? Uh, oh, I get to go first too, since you did. Uh, oh. On the wrong film, so Gods and Exodus. <laughs> I, I give God, I give Exodus Gods and Kings. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, no, zero out of zero. Oh, this is a ten out of ten. Shocking, nice. right? Everyone. I am, I am bewildered. I am absolutely dumbfounded. Um, I give this a six out of ten. Six. Oh. Kyle. Closer to a seven than a five. Wow. A six out of just couldn't hold that first half, just killed it for you, didn't I'm it? I'm sorry. I think it did it for a lot of people, honestly. Like I didn't I it's hey, 
it's what it is. It's what it is. I mean, you know, is. you if no one wants to go, you know, we all want movies like Jurassic Park nowadays instead of <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead of stories about adventure and yeah. risking lives. Yeah, man. True stories of heroism and yeah. danger. Yeah, people losing life and limbs. Literally. <laughs> Quite literally, actually. <laughs> um no, I, I I enjoyed this film overall. I mean it's yeah. It's just uh it's got some things about it that I wish were a little different, but that's just me. Four stars different. Damn. All right. <laughs> um, speaking of different, a bunch of different people left oh, some questions. That's right. For Believe us it. on the Facebook page, Rooney. So um, I've been getting hammered about not handling the questions well. By fellow listeners, or friends of the pod, I like to say. Who, uh, the Neon, who, Neon Mafia. Where, where, what's the Mafia saying? I'm not, well, they just say that I don't handle the questions that well. Like and you or both of us? No, just me. That, that, there's no, what do you mean, both <laughs> of us? You recall everything off the top. Like, I can't do shit. Like, I get, so I tried to prep for this and I still couldn't prep. I don't know, man. I had a hard time with that last one about, um, like movies that you hated at first but then loved later. Like I had a hard time with that yeah, one. Yeah, because no one thinks about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, keep asking us the questions. Honestly, we love all of them. You know, and I like it, the engagement that we can get from you guys. I don't. I mean, whether it just be one person or fifty, like it don't matter. You know, we we really do like it. So I'm sorry. I wish I could do better with it. And I'm trying to prep more. Trying to do better. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, We're only twenty three. Excuse me. A lot of learning. 23 by weeks old. 23 with glee. Oh. 23 with glee. 23 and me. Oh. Is that a... That's a DNA reference. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this first question is from... Speaking of DNA, this first question is from my mom, oh, Joanne. okay. If they did a movie about your podcast, who would play the parts of Kyle and Mac? Um, Gary Busey. I think... Uh, uh, not Macaulay Culkin, but his brother Kieran Kiernan Culkin would, would play you. Would play me, and then Jake Busey would play you. I think that yeah, would yeah, pretty much. Well, we're not on tape, so then it kind of gets into like yeah, it's just our voices, right? Yeah, so, you know, who, who, if it was on tape though, like a hundred percent, like that's pretty fucking spot on. Well, if it was on tape, and I've said this before, you would be the guy no. from Good Time. Yeah, I buddy duress. No, but you got to think of the personality though of being on the tape. Like I don't think my personality personality matches up to his thought process mm. and logic. Now the stream of conscious and conversation and memory, hundred percent. Yes. But that's not how we go because I can't fucking remember anything right now. <laughs> yeah. So I got to come up with someone completely different. I can't remember shit. Um, yeah, I, I would say somebody like, uh, you know, who represents who I am and embodies like yeah. my attitude. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet. hundred percent. Tom Holland. Yes. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Yes. Austin Butler. Yes. Um, George Ezra, Ezra Miller. Seth Green. Ezra Miller. <laughs> um, Joji. George Green. Huh? Who? Seth Green? Seth Green. Seth Green. Oh. Brecken, honestly, maybe Breckenmeyer. I feel like Breckenmeyer could Where's probably. Where's Breckenmeyer from? Breckenmeyer is. Uh, I wish I were a Breckenmeyer wiener. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. He was. Uh, he was uh, John in the Garfield live action films. He was in Rat Race. How could I forget? <laughs> he's like. He's like the main guy in Rat oh, Race. 
Um, Not the main guy. Well, he's like the... Is he the deaf guy? No, he's the average guy. Yeah. The Eurotrip guy? No, he's the... um, He's the guy that... He's He's in Road Trip. Yeah, he's in Road Trip. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy that's with the... He's with the um, helicopter pilot girl. Like, he gets with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Oh, that's really who you... I don't yeah, know. I could kind of see that. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. of, a little bit of Breckenmeyer. A little bit of Breckenmeyer. Yeah, I don't know. I've said a lot for me. What about you? Said I, I uh, couldn't. I, Jake I, Busey, Gary Busey. Yeah, nothing <laughs> flattering. I don't know. I uh, really. I mean, honestly, I don't. There's a, name someone that's got a really crazy, just wild philosophy on life, and then doesn't really like consciously talk about it, but kind of lives those that way. Like that's that would be whoever. Kramer always comes to mind. Jaden Smith. No. Who's that? <laughs> it's Will Smith's son. No. That would be... No, that is... Because that's like Antifa. Like How can we see if our eyes aren't real? That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying, dog. That's a that's a real tweet that Jaden Smith has made. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, that sounds like the dude from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> uh, by the way, he's gone nuts, too. Oh, Russell Brand? Yeah. Mm. Russell Brand, but when he, sing, like, when he sings We Are the World or whatever it is... I haven't seen that film, so oh, can't, can't good attest. reference, good timely reference. <laughs> Thanks, Mac. thank you, McLean. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate. It. Uh, yeah, so no, I don't know. I uh, if we had to go on and on about this stuff, someone that just continuously rants about shit, who knows? Um, Levi asks, "What's your favorite blockbuster flop and why?" Oh, blockbuster flop. Um, I guess. Blade Runner 2049 was technically a flop. We can't keep defaulting to that. Listen, that, I'm going to keep answering with that. <laughs> you can't keep... We gotta <laughs> it all move. goes back to Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> Kyle, get that's that chair out of your hands. That's my, one, that's my one card that I have. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I'd have to look through my letterboxed real quick. No, I mean, like, it, like I mean, up. you know, for for most of us, it's all it's usually it's just like right off the top of your head. You know, I mean, and a lot of things come to mind when we talk about these types of films. Well, The Northman was definitely a flop, though. Right. So that is probably up there for me. I really loved that film, and it did not do well financially. I mean, what 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 like constitutes you know a box office flop? Something that definitely didn't make its budget back, like uh, like if it had a budget of like 180 million and only made like 65 million or something. Mm-hmm. Or like that's what I'm kind of wondering. I mean, like I've always heard about like box office bond. Oh, thirteenth, thirteenth warrior. Now I haven't seen this one though, so I, I, I well, I mean, I've seen the thirteenth war. Thirteenth warrior is kind of funny. Like my dad, we went on vacation one time. And like literally one time we went on vacation. He, we didn't really like, you know, camping was a vacation. But we used to watch CSI Miami when we went camping. Mm-hmm. Um, we went and saw the Thirteenth. We didn't see it. It came out, and like my dad, my mom was like, "I'm gonna go get my nails done or whatever." While we were in Alabama, you know, and like my dad didn't want to go out and take us out to the pool or anything like that. So it was kind of like, "Hey, let's watch a movie." And he picked the Thirteenth Warrior with Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm. And I still don't. I've, I've we watched it that day. I don't. I didn't know anything that was going on because I was way too young. But then I actually watched it like about eight years ago. I still have no idea what happened in that film. I'm looking so that up. That, that one is one of the ones that I would say is not one that I would recommend saying that that is something that I appreciate. It's just fun. You know, a little. 
It's the second time 13th Warrior's been brought up in as many days. Mm. In as many as 13 days. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, there's, there's just... Uh, ooh, Jack Frost? I guess... Uh, Jack Frost is really a... Is that the is that yeah, the Michael it, Keaton it, snowman one? Oh, dude, I cried. I, this is the hardest I've ever cried in a film. Oh, Harder no. than a Gleason. Oh no, uh, that is a sad movie. <laughs> the mummies on here. <laughs> um, With Fight Cruise. Club, I guess. No, is a flop. That... well, it said I've, I've Googled great great box office flops. I'm You're the only cheap. one that did it. Um, so and it says f- films that flopped, and Fight Club is under it. So I guess that was a flop somehow. Um. Let's see. <laughs> I'm cracking up at some of the. <laughs> some there of the are some ones on in here, here that are like bad. Yeah, like Jupiter Ascending. Of course, that flopped. It was <laughs> fucking awful. Hey, Mars needs moms. <laughs> oh no, that's not the one that we like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I search great box office flops, not just <laughs> flops. <laughs> Google's doing me dirty. Um. Okay, here we go. IndieWire. Forty-one great films that failed. At the box office it says the big lebowski's on there yeah i mean they're you know like the cult films because that's why i'm like fight club i don't know if i really call that a flop because yeah i mean like box office it didn't do well but it's got a reputation now behind it i mean it's one of the afi it's got to be on afi's list right oh probably yeah you know what i'm saying like i don't know if i really it's like considered one of the greatest movies of all time i'm thinking like battlefield earth is one that like i'm trying to think of one that i really am like are you thinking of like guilty pleasures movies too that would be more of my box office one that flopped because i'm like if we're going that route i can bring up sahara again (laughs) because that that was that was a box office flop for sure but i love that movie for all the wrong reasons (laughs) (laughs) that's how i would constitute it i mean that's oh you know okay this one definitely was a flop Right. Even though it's kind of a cult classic now, Wet Hot American Summer. That didn't do well at all when it first came out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. People hated it. People didn't get, get the, it at all. They didn't get like, like the humor or the chicken. concept. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't understand it. And it was like, it's one of those comedies that's considered like ahead of its time. And I, oh, I watched time. it for the first time really? a couple years ago and I really liked it. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. It's one of the funnier. Yeah, it's one of the funniest movies I've well not ever seen, but I want to watch it again because it's it's been a minute and I just remember <laughs> I just remember certain scenes just having me dying. Like, oh, dude, it's it holds up. It's you can so watch ridiculous. that every you could watch you could watch that every summer. It, I, I had to take P to Camp Pendleton, mm-hmm. and after I dropped him off, every time at Camp Pendleton, Jane from like uh, whatever Starship or Jefferson Airplane pops up, mm-hmm. like that song, and every time like ba 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 bump ba 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 ba, you know, and I'm like every time I drive by, I'm like. Man, they really got the aesthetics appeal. When they go into town, they go into town. I love going into town, even if it's only for an hour. Yeah, and then they come back, and then they get all drugged out. <laughs> They're doing heroin. They My favorite scene in that film is the is the guy who's like trying to get back to have sex with that girl. Yeah, and he's when, like yeah. he's like running. But he's like catch like the car's catching up to him, but he's still running as fast as the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny. That's like my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh, I just I love that. I'm gonna go <laughs> back and line. fondle my pants. <laughs> What'd you say, Glenn? I'm gonna go make some or cheese fondue. I said I'm gonna make some cheese fondue for dinner. You know, he's yeah. like, what was that? And then, Glenn, you need to tell them. 
He's talking to a can of tomatoes because he's got PTSD from Nam, and he's a he's a cook. Yeah. Oh, dude, that movie is fucking. I'm 16 years old. I've got my whole life ahead of me. <laughs> there's a lot of good quotes in that. <laughs> um, oh yeah, dude. There's... So yeah, that's probably my answer right, All right there. I'll steal it and say that's my answer, so Kyle can look some more. All right. Um, well, I'm not gonna look more. I'm gonna uh, go to the next question. Oh, we can tie. Let's uh, tie. Yeah, let's tie. All right, that's a good tie. Let's tie our tongues together. Uh, yeah, cream always rises to the top. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fourth time we said that. Oh, it's gonna be my new catchphrase. Yeah, oh, I gotta be careful who I say it to, though. Yeah, yeah, know your audience. Um, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe not in front of your mom <laughs> or my kid. Shout out to my mom, who I know is listening. Oh yeah. Um, so our next question, our next set of questions. Oh, we totally botched her question too. It's all right, Mrs. Yates. Her question was, uh, yeah, who would get, play us on the podcast? Yeah. I, I said, no, Breck no, and, Breck think, and Meyer and, uh, Gary Busey. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. let's go. Who'd you have originally? Jake Busey and, uh, it was Jake Busey Macaulay's and, and brother. Kier, Kiernan Culkin. Cool. Uh, let's go. I'm, can we go back to that? Yes. Make that the official answer? That's fine with cool. me. All right. I like Kieran Culkin. I've never met Jake Busey. I've never met Kieran Culkin either. I was about to ask, well, what? Dude, lay out the story about Culkin, man. I, I can't. I'm lying. Um, our next set of questions comes from Justin. Kyle, which movie do you prefer? The Replacements or Hardball? Uh, well, it's hard for me to answer that because I haven't seen either of them. So I'm going to go with The Replacements just because... Smart. That's that's no, about that's a really smart answer. Yeah, yeah. That's about football, right? And then hardball's mm-hmm. about basketball. No, it starts with the B. Baseball. Yep. Baseball. Yeah, I got it right. Baseball's a harder ball than basketball. I should have known. Yeah. Like physically. Yep. So yeah, the replacements is my answer for movies that I haven't seen. Uh, hardball might get you teared up though. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Um. Honestly, Maybe. I just cry whenever I see Keanu, my boy. Uh, Mac, thoughts on the FX show The Old Man and how your dude's chops are holding up? Uh, I've not seen it yet. I've heard a lot of uh, uh, people tell me it's awesome. It's on so, Prime, right? Huh? Isn't it, isn't it on Amazon Prime? I think it. Well, I think it's on FX and Prime has it. I think it. Like literally, I think it's on FX. Oh, you can buy it from Prime, I guess. Wait, what? Or so is it you, on Hulu? Hulu? Because, like, isn't FX, like, on Hulu, typically? Because they have, like, Always Sunny on there. Yeah, like, it's, like, I think it's on national TV. Like right? cable? Yeah, if that's still a thing. I think so. Okay. <laughs> I, I I, I'm pretty I, sure cable's still I, a thing. I, I, Anytime I go to my parents' house, they're watching cable, so... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, no, I have not seen it. I mean, it looks. Uh, uh, my boy, my boy Bridges looks. Um, I mean, it looks good. You know, he's I'm, distinguished. He's he, aged well. He's, I just don't. I'm not big on the. I don't know the 70 year old guy walking around with an assault rifle. Like, I have such a hard time. Like, he looks fantastic in a suit and like, Keanu esque. But like, I don't know. I have a hard time just getting behind it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like something you'd have to check out in order to like really judge. But a hundred percent, because he could be like a retired CIA agent. You know, it's just like oh, one last mission or roll back in. I don't know. I might. I mean, I've I've heard good things on it though. And FX usually treats you good. Mm-hmm. Um, his next question is: You can only choose one of these Woody Harrelson movies. 
while the other gets stricken from the cinema world forever. Mm. White man can't jump or kingpin? I feel like this question is more so for you. Have you not seen either of them? Mm-mm, nope. Oh. You haven't seen either of them? Nope. Wow. I can't even go into... He's... he's Every one of his questions he's asked, I have like no opinion on. <laughs> you're because you're, you're a fucking millennial. Because I'm a millennial. I think the word you're looking for is fraud. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> new podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just replaced by somebody whose like life has been dedicated to film. You're a film. Like, yeah, next episode is like, hi, this is Kyle, and this is Mac. It's like, Kyle, you look different. It's like, I feel a little different. Hi, this is Kyle. Yeah, um, I'm coming at you live from KRWX uh, Film Radio. <laughs> like someone walks in, like you're not Kyle, and you just hear, shut your mouth. It's an alien. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's just like it's not you, and you know. But no one would know. Well, until they hear your voice. Yeah. What until if until he chooses not to cut you, it out of the podcast? I, it, new movie. You escape from you. You get kidnapped, and then I get Phil and Kyle, and then you're walking around telling everyone that it's not you because you're you. But and they're like, no, no, that is Kyle. And then you listen, and it's like it sounds like Sam talking, but he's Kyle. Mm. And then it's like, that is Kyle. He's and just, you're like, am I going mad? Like, and then you got to prove that you're still a podcast host. He's, he's saying all the things that I like, he's telling things that I only, I thought I would know. Like, well, but, but he also has it in addition to like, Oh, I'll go on about Kingpin here. Oh yeah. You know, like that's where <laughs> he's that's like where, way more helpful with all the questions. <laughs> and you're like, listen, you're like, that's not him. That's it's me. I'm Kyle. That's not Kyle. It's like I don't know who you are, Bod. Yeah, but that's you, Kyle. You don't know shit about Kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you're 0 for six right now on films. 0 for, uh, well, 0 for four, and we got a TV show that I'm actually. Well, I am. I'm. I'm four out of five. Boy, it's too bad you couldn't have saw an old man. Or what? It's is it called old man? It's called the old man. The old man. Yeah, I wish you could. have. Boy, that sounds like a freaking. Uh, uh, Hemingway book right there. Yeah. Um half of it. Uh <laughs> I think I'd stick with Kingpin just because there's a couple more quotes from that film that uh make me laugh a lot harder. Mm. I've seen White Men can can't jump a couple times like a handful of times and I it I don't know. Once you see what like what um Wesley Snipes has gone through and it's like hey. Yeah. Like I I I really I I yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Wesley Snipes, I want to watch the Blade movies eventually, just because. Ooh, Blade Two! That used to have that on VHS. That was like a. I've heard that's the best one. It's an all time. Mm. Boy, Busey's in it. No, he's not. No, it's redacted. Ron Perlman, (laughs) which is another one that people. I got three. I I was. I I didn't want to say Ron Perlman, but I thought about it. Like if we went Ron Perlman from Drive as in this chair, I'd be that'd be like really dope. Oh yeah, you know. I'm th- I'm 57 fucking years old. Yeah, <laughs> just still pitching my cheek like I'm a kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that quote. Um, so yeah, you you'd pick Kingpin is your answer. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. And sorry for half the audience that's listening. No, no, it's uh, who cares about them? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, his next question, which I also can't really touch on too much, uh, Jordan Peele underrated or overrated as a writer director i haven't seen any of his films you haven't seen us get out no and nope's coming there's two films and Uh, you got nope i have not seen those movies wow (laughs) 
You're over. You're over. That whole line of questioning right there. <laughs> Justin, this is between me and you. I just uh, get replaced by Justin. I'm so underrated, overrated. Uh, I'm gonna sit on the. I'm gonna sit on the. So have uh, you seen both those movies? Yeah, because I like movies. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like movies. I'm not, just do a podcast. <laughs> Listen, if I can't watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine four times a week, then what is my life going? That's towards? Kyle's answer. Movies that Jordan Peele under. Well, if he was in Blade Runner, <laughs> if he did Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I'd really like him. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going on the underrated fence. Like, if I have to sit on one, I really feel like Nope's gonna blow us away. And I think, I think Get Out was fantastic. Um, I I really liked it. A couple jump scares here and there, but I I think he had a very good. Uh, pace, the tension that he sets with what's going on, the fact that you really don't know where it's going or you're kind of inclined to where it's going. Like, there's things that you pick up on that you go, like, oh, like, how, though? Mm-hmm. You know? And then when you find, when that reveal hits, um, it's, you know, it's really good. I mean, I, I, I like Get Out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then um, <clears throat> Us, I think there's a little bit more of a message in there and i think there was a lot more satire than what we like got mm-hmm. i'd like you to watch us i uh i'll watch them eventually i think aren't they both on netflix could be so maybe I, uh, maybe i'll bang them out in this next couple weeks yeah like i uh, get out was i mean and uh, get out i think i gave like an eight out of ten a nine like us i gave a seven out of ten for the scare purposes it was kind of creepy but then once you get to a certain point it's like all right, what are we really doing? It, it really it dragged us dragged down a little bit more than I wanted it to. I'm curious. I'll have to watch and uh, figure it out for myself. Yeah. So uh, I think Nope will sway me on the whatever. If Nope comes out and it sucks, I'm gonna be like that dude's overrated. Like, <laughs> get out. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> that'll that'll be the determining factor. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Do we have to move on because you can't answer any of the questions? Our next question comes from <laughs> Eric. <laughs> This one I can answer. Um, currently, how many directors would you go see their movie just because their name is tied to the film? Quite a few, probably. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'm basically just listing my favorite directors. So you've got Denis Villeneuve. You've got Quentin Tarantino. Um, you've got uh, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. I'd probably go see just out of pure curiosity. If it hit the cinema. Yeah, well, that and like he hasn't made a movie since the Neon Demon, and true, I'd like I mean, to he's see. Got a, he's got a film series out that you can watch. Uh, the are you talking about on the <laughs> the Amazon Prime? Well, I tried that, Mac. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Believe me, I tried, <laughs> and it just wasn't happening. Not then. Maybe later. Not then. Not ever. Not. Oh man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Shoot. I mean put me on the spot here uh do you want to list any <laughs> directors yeah like what about you um oh probably martin scorsese i'd probably see i was about he to made. say scorsese's got one coming out um oh wait. robert i'm like totally blanking on the a24 crowd so robert eggers ari aster i'll probably see what they make yeah. um yeah just 
Rose Glass is coming out with a new movie that I'm excited for. She's the director of Saint Maud. Ooh. And she's finally coming out with a new film that I'm excited for that I'll probably go see at some point. I, I, there's like really no information on it, but Yeah. Safety Brothers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there we go. I listed off a shit ton. Most of them are A twenty four. I guess the answer is being yes. Like we will. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, most of the guys that you named, Inuritu would be another one that I'd be really curious about. Quiron mm-hmm. would be another one that I'd like to see. You yeah. know, if I heard that they were coming out with some films. Inuritu, um, definitely. Um, Scott is who Tony Scott passed, right? Ridley. Yeah, Ridley Scott. Yeah, he would be another one that <clears throat> he did. He's no. probably one that I'm kind of lukewarm on, just because. He makes so many movies still. Right. Like he comes out with like two movies a year. I guess I like. shouldn't. Like I, I really couldn't give <clears throat> too much of a shit about House of Gucci. Like I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'm interested in ever watching that. I'll probably yeah. It's like so. I guess if we're saying before going like buying a ticket, going to theaters, mm-hmm. like no, I don't think Ridley Scott would be in there. No, not but, for me. Um, probably because like he's made some great movies, but he's kind of like <clears throat> he. he I feel like he's a director that like. Throw stuff to the you wall and sees what was, sticks. Um, who did Ocean's Eleven? Uh, um, let's look it up. Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh. So when Soderbergh was hot, man, I would go out. I mean, if if he was if he came back out and said I'm doing this film, I'd probably go to theaters and watch a Soderbergh film. Mm-hmm. He handles it so well, and he gets all the ensemble cat. I mean, it's just um, R.I.P. Man. What are some? Uh, let's let's kind of inverse this question. What are some directors that we really oh. couldn't? I also have a question, too. Oh, okay. I had someone that commented, and it would be a shame if I didn't do this. Okay, go for so, it. So, But we can inverse it and then ask that question, because this probably tangentially relates to what Mr. Eric Davis asked. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's inverse this. What are some directors that we really couldn't give too much of a shit about? Like, Wait, it's funny to count. <laughs> oh, Michael. Uh, no, Michael Mann. Not Michael Mann. Michael. Bay? Yeah. Yeah, he was, like, number one on, yeah. on that list for me. Uh, who directed Moonfall? That was um, oh, Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich, yeah. Um, Ruben I just watched Independence <clears throat> Day too. Like I like watching that. I'm like, what happened? Adam McKay. I really couldn't care too really? much about. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's you. I I wouldn't. I'm not gonna rush out to see it, but I will watch an Adam McKay film. I've I've. I'm, I'm. He did do the one that got nominated, right? Whatever the Leo one was. Don't look up. Yeah, he did that. He did the Big Short. He did Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. Did he do Vice? <laughs> he I did. Th- he did Vice. Yeah, Vice was good. I, I'm the only one I haven't liked is Don't Look Up. Yeah, I like. I enjoyed the Big Short. Um, I enjoyed that one. That's probably like his movie that I like. Did the you most. see Vice? You haven't seen Vice yet. No, have I haven't. Yeah, more of not admitting to films we haven't seen. When's well, it gonna end, Kyle? I do you want me to be honest or do you want me to lie? Or should we just just dead air? Let's just dead air it. <laughs> <laughs> just like fifteen seconds of silence. <laughs> Jesus. Um Oh, I thought of a director that I would like to like I'd pay money to see. Yeah. David Fincher. Oh yeah, him and uh, Aronofsky. Aronofsky, yeah. yeah. I I definitely him, um Oh shit. I haven't seen it. Yet I really want to, but I don't think it's in theaters anymore. Men, the director of Men, what's his name? Mm. Alex Garland. Yeah, I'd like to see. Well, so they, that. I guess the real 
Yes, there are, like, if a director is attached to a project, it probably has more of our eyes than just the talent alone being attached to it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, there are some movies that, like, Brolin coming out, or, um, um, I was more, like, interested in No Country for Old Men because it was the Coen brothers than I was because Josh Brolin and, um, Antonio, uh, Bardem. Uh, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Yeah, some it. movies are definitely like actor movies. Mm-hmm. Like Top Gun is a Tom Cruise movie. Yes. Um, Mission Impossible is a Tom Cruise series of films. Like uh, those directors, you could like just throw a name in a hat and it really wouldn't make too much of a right. difference. Whereas like The French Dispatch, it's got like many different people, but it's like a Wes Anderson film. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, Rushmore, which I saw recently got like that's more of like a tight look at like this one specific character jason schwartzman mm-hmm. but it's like still a wes anderson film wes anderson's another one i'd probably go pay money to see like i think i'm out on him right now i think i gotta see the film but i'm not gonna go pay money okay i i think i would still pay my like i gen like generally really like most of his movies yeah no, uh-huh. I. Th- that's what i'm saying like dude you got you i got me i mean it's some of mm-hmm. the a24 guys i don't know um, if I'd go out there and uh, Jared Sonier, actually, if he came out with one, then yeah, I would probably go and watch that in theaters. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, like the Safety brothers are getting up there more for me. I'm not a big like. <clears throat> Tarantino comes out with a film, I'm probably gonna be like, I need to go see that in theaters. Yeah, he's a pretty big one. You know, uh, Scorsese a little bit, and the Irishman kind of. Yeah, like I'm like, all right, what am I gonna get? But the flout the. Flowers of the Ember Moon, or oh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which uh, when's that gonna come out? Yeah, but that one I, that might be in theaters. All right. Um, we have I think a couple more questions. Wait, that did you, you get got. the one from Gideon? On uh, there? that was when you shared the post. Yes. Um, was that what you were going to? That's what I'm saying. I'd be I'd be, I'd be a disservice not to. He asked a question. Yes. And this is the one that I was trying to think of because I thought we all you know. So and then I I didn't really come up with anything so but I did, <laughs> but I didn't so but I did, not really. All right, <laughs> I did think about this one quite a bit though, which is what irks me. Mm-hmm. But you have to spend one week in a movie universe. What movie would be the best, and which one would be the worst, or which one would be the most interesting? IDK, who's even asking these questions? You are Gideon. Yes, and. Uh, we tried, uh, I tried to come up with one. Uh, I think the worst one, so I like, it's really hard to do like the awesome one, right? Yeah. Most, most films are built off conflict. And so therefore the settings are not ideal most of the time. Even if you like, like Top Gun would be sweet. Cause in that world, I would be a fighter pilot, Mm -hmm. you know, or space jam would be cool. Cause I'm hanging out with bugs bunny. Like I don't, I, I came up with the. It's really hard to find out what one would be the most interesting. Like Jurassic Park to me would be insane to be a part of, but then you get into the peril of life and death. Yes. So you kind of have to rule out some of like Everest would probably be the one. Actually, that might be the one that's not ideal would be Everest uh, climbing on May 9th through 11th repeatedly. Like mm-hmm. that'd be like uh, Sisyphus. 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 Pushing that rock up that that hill well i mean that'd just be the university for eternity mm-hmm. may 9th through may 11th consistently yep falling off find it groundhog's day it's like know. a black mirror episode jesus that, that would be the right mm. but and then i think i mean have you seen brazil i have not 
Yeah, Brazil might be the one, but that's you trying to bait me into naming more films I haven't seen. No, that one I really honestly came up. With, I was I was like, well, it'd probably have to be dystopian, and then I was like, what one was dystopian that I probably least liked the most? And I think it's Brazil, just because it was made in like the '80s and it really looks shitty. Yeah, like to be in that kind of grainy world. Um, <laughs> Midnight in Paris would be great. Who to be a part of? You yeah, you'd just be in Paris. That'd be neat. That'd be sick. And you'd be able to visit all those people all the time. Yeah. But don't, don't you run into that kind of like fallacy? What do you mean? Oh, like the like the problem of like, oh, I this, love I love this time period so much. I don't want to go back to my yeah. current one. But then like the people there want to go back to like yeah. the 1890s or whatever. So where does it end, Kyle? Where does it end? Well, it ends when I meet <laughs> Le- Lea Seydoux. That's where it ends. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That that's the universe I want to live in for a week. Dream <laughs> <laughs> uh, always rises to the top, am I right? <laughs> we mentioned Wes Anderson. I think it'd be kind of cool to be in like one of his movie worlds. Like mm-hmm. uh, Grand Budapest would be really interesting, like uh, mm-hmm. engaging, like lively. I would say. Yeah. Well, you got the threat of dying. I like we said, we're not gonna, we're going to eliminate some of that. Hmm. Um. Because you're just in that universe. It doesn't mean you have to be part of that, like that storyline that's happening. Right. You know, uh, Lego movie. You could be a Lego. You could be an anthropomorphic Lego mm. figure character. Yeah. Cat in the hat. Uh huh. Hang out with that dude. Um. Let's see. Ooh, one that would be really not great. What? Um. Oh, the Kurt Russell. It's uh, Bone, Bone Tomahawk. That'd be pretty bad. Well, okay. So here's the thing, though. I mean, it's really you just be living in the westerns with alien Indians, mm-hmm. like troglodytes. Yeah, like as they were described. Um, as, yeah, as they were described in the film. Yeah, I was about to say, easy, Kyle. Don't cancel us, please. <laughs> uh yeah. But I mean, like you got to kind of if you if you ran into that scenario because it's the same with like you have to kind of just think about the setting, I guess, of where you're at. Yeah. Um, uncut gems uncut gems it i mean it depends on like what character and like what kind of person you are in that world if you're someone who's like constantly like getting into debt then yeah that would not be ideal right but if you're somebody like it just <laughs> yeah if you're if you're somebody that's just a bystander you're like oh this isn't so bad hey look it's the weekend <laughs> i mean space jam would kind of be cool i mean just to be on looney tunes for a little bit that would be kind of neat yeah you know who framed Roger Rabbit? Although that's a little more dour, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of ones that are like really not great. Um, that are really not great. Yeah. Hostile. Like, Saw. Oh Saw yeah. Saw too. <laughs> Any like torture porn movie, yeah. basically. Uh Green Inferno. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Green Room. Green, oh, Green Room definitely for sure. Blue Ruin along those same lines, although maybe not as. No, yeah, I was about to say Blue Ruin. It's a, it's his journey, so it's not really like in that world. I mean, unless you're, um, Sonya's Snow- buddy, Snowpiercer. Depending on like what class you are, yeah, what cabin you're sitting in. Yeah, that is interesting. That one would be interesting for a week. Mm-hmm. Like you're just in the caboose, so your life is basically well, you don't fucked. know your what you're eating <laughs> we can't we can't ruin shit for anyone if you haven't seen we're it, not it's not we're not bit. spoiling snowpiercer yeah not this episode yeah go watch fx or <laughs> tnt whatever there it's is usually on tnt it's tnt right yeah no not the movie i'm talking about the show oh yeah, yeah there is a show isn't it yeah yeah um it's we, got jennifer connelly in it really yeah i should watch that 
Um, <laughs> Your love for her is un- unbridled. People would really like to be in the world of like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. I had a th- well, maybe not Lord of the Rings. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like depending on you know, maybe not Helm's Deep. I'd love to be at Helm's fucking deep. <laughs> You'd love to oh, be man, there dude. to watch Helm's. That's deep. three. Yeah, like if I was on those trees. Oh like, yeah, what, like Pippin and Mary. If you were fucks. just hanging out with them, yeah. Like being able to like sit on that guy's ears and just see it happening because that happened over three days. I mean, uh-huh. That's half the week right there if you survive it. Yeah. Then Harry Potter would be good. Um, damn it, Kyle, I had one too. Sorry, that's all right. It happens. It comes and it goes. Hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't think I have too much else. Oh, no. the road would be awful. The oh yeah, Viggo Mortensen. Uh, any apocalyptic movie like uh, the Book of Eli. Yeah, probably not good. Uh, any like war movie basically like black hawk down black hawk down saving private ryan hacksaw ridge i mean you're like it's like storming normandy <laughs> yeah uh, just immediately or get Iwo shot Jima. i was about to say what about you know um <laughs> titanic uh <laughs> depending on where you're at when the boat crashes <laughs> some people were actually in that yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow, they got to experience the movie firsthand. I was about to say, well, hey, it's like crack hour. Um, mm. Dude, I can't really think of any. What would be another fun one to be a part of? Blood Diamond? That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that, that'd be an exhilarating time. Um, any, like, Pixar movie would be kind of fun, you know? Toy Wall-E Story. Happy. Not Wally, maybe, but, you know. If ratatouille you just mm-hmm. eat a bunch of food you're in france it's like midnight in paris except you're a rat yeah what's <laughs> that's a, or the raccoon and everything everywhere all at once oh raccoonie uh, <laughs> that was hilarious you could be in that world and then just make shit up oh i then. was about to when we actually when he asked that everything everywhere all at once popped up in the world that i would not want to be in Ooh. You know, because yeah. like then to have to do all that stuff, but also have your body like have to have to sit on a, a butt plug. Yep. Butt plug trophy. Yeah. Here's here's this is going to be my final answer for not good one. OK. Children of men. Really? That would be that would be it's scary because like parts of the world are already like that. Like just the conditions that people live in. You've mm-hmm. seen children of men, right? I mean, are you trying to catch me on this? Are you trying to catch me? Was I mean, that your I, way I, I of may like, or may not be looking for like some retribution. Of, uh, I may or may not be looking for a reason to get back at you. One of the greatest tracking shots of all time, man. Uh, yeah, that that film's universe, I would not not want to be a part of. I was about to say, in what? any capacity, like I I don't want to get into it too much. Well, no, but I mean, like, well, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent agreed. Or. Uh, how about Michael Shannon and uh, what's that movie that he was in when he plays like Noah's Ark? Noah's Ark? Oh, uh, I don't know. Take Shelter. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> you got me again. Why are hey, you doing this to hey, me? Hey, Jim, put another uh, chalk mark up <laughs> How there. How many what's tallies that? is that now? Like Six, 10 movies? Yeah, what do we got? What do we got? Jesus Christ. You're making me look like a fool. But I guess that's just my own fault. It's part of the learning curve. It's wow. part of the, you know, and the nice thing is, though, I've seen all these films and I don't remember anything that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so really, you and I are the same. I mean, we're kind of just tied. We're the same, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> Green Molly rises to the top. Was that all the questions that we had? Uh, Did you have any more answers for that one? 
No, I think I mean they, these are all they're are they're all fun. I mean yeah. they're all fun. They're only ever. I was trying to think of uh, it, honestly if there was a world that I had to pick to live in. It's Jim Carrey uh, describing Aspen. Mm. What's that? Like uh, in Dumb and Dumber. Oh, remember okay. when he describes it? Yeah, yeah. The air tastes. Doesn't he call? It, he says like the air tastes like root beer. A little place called Aspen. Yeah, the air tastes like root beer. Yeah, where you, and, like him describing Aspen as the place that I want to live in. That's mm-hmm. it's the first one that popped into mind. So I'm sure Young Mac it made a very big impression. Um, so I guess we can uh, wrap that up. Uh, we've got one more bit of business to attend to. Oh, we do. I no more questions. Get to make a film pick Ooh, recommendation. One and I have or haven't seen. I don't think you've seen this. I haven't seen it. Really? This well, is shocker. Uh, let me look up some info on this real quick. Um. Oh, give me a year. Give me a actor. So just so I can embarrass myself. Uh, I'll give you the director instead because you're not going to know the actor. Um. So this film came out in 1979. Oh, this is. Oh man, we're going. This is a Soviet era film <gasps> directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. I wonder if we've talked about this because I have. Yeah, go ahead. I have never seen a Tarkovsky movie. I know he's like a very well-renowned foreign film director. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Stalker. Stalker. Tarkovsky's Stalker. And I just looked it up to make sure we're able to watch it, and it's on HBO Max. So, oh yeah, um, figure out a way. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that movie. So, are you up for Stalker? What am I gonna say? No. <laughs> Second one that popped up. Two hours and forty-two minutes. It's a longer one, but it's a very highly regarded film in terms of like where it was made, how it was made. Um, people really like this movie. I guess it resonates with a lot of people. So. I've heard a lot about this, and I want to check it out. 100%. We're on 8.1 on MDBA. It's it's considered one of the best foreign films ever. ever mm-hmm. Yep. So We'll be the judge we'll, of that. We'll be the judge. But no, I, I really want to talk about Stalker, so hope you're excited for that. As excited as one can be about a foreign film that just gets thrust on them. sorry mac you have to read (laughs) no i love i mean don't get me wrong i've never heard of this so i have no idea what i'm in for it and i read the little synopsis and two hours and 42 minutes of a synopsis that's one sentence long (laughs) find out yeah it doesn't really give you much in terms of a summary i was about to say it's 8.1 on mdba and i mean you know it's highly regarded so i got i gotta imagine we're gonna be in good hands just like all state you know just like uh, we're not doing, we're not doing plugs. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> if you guys love insurance, <laughs> oh, that's right. We got to start working on that. We got to get our own reads. The Tarantino reads going. Yeah, yeah. The the cigarettes or whatever the Applewood cigarettes he's no, got. Whatever we want. They don't have to be that. They don't have to be that specific. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. We'll do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading up on what you like. And to do that more, I'll I'll become a stalker. Oh, and stalk, well, this stalk doesn't you. If I had to guess what that movie was about, just off the title alone, I would not have guessed that synopsis, unless <laughs> unless it's, they get to the zone, and then that's like what they ask for. Mm. So we'll we uh, we'll see we'll see once we watch this film. Yeah, I'm excited. 
So uh, thank you guys for listening. Oh, yeah. This was episode 23. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled for Tarkovsky's Stalker, be sure to watch that film before episode 24. Uh, these episodes come out bi-weekly. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Really hard drop on that <laughs> what? episode 20. <laughs> you got two weeks to see it. <laughs> <laughs> You better find the time. Is it's I'm, true. No, I get I get what you're laying down. Mm-hmm. I will see it. I'm going to. I hope you guys I, do I too. Ho- I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I come back in here with an apple. Guess what? <laughs> hey Kyle, you're not gonna believe this. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Go. All right. We got. Um, we're over time. Oh my god. No, we're good. It'll, oh, we are. Yeah, we're good. This isn't our longest episode. It's nice. When we trim it, it'll only be three hours. I probably won't have to do much editing for this one, I don't think so. Maybe the beginning or this part. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I think this is going to be a pretty easy edit. Nice. Um, Happy for you. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Be sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, and you can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like I said. Um, We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, various social medias. So... Appreciate you guys listening. Hope you uh, all have a good two weeks before we talk to you again or talk at you, I should say. With uh, you. With you. There we go. A little more formal. Yeah. And uh, McLean, do you have anything to say before we Absolutely. WWTHD. Bye, everyone.